Oh, shit. I forgot to send it to you. Sorry. Bam, we're live. Who sent it to you, Brian? Susa did? Yeah, I asked him. Oh, sorry. That's my fault. Hey, I want to tell you this story real quick. Ready? Oh, there's Angelo. Shit. Sorry, Caleb. Hey, this is my Hi. phone for now until my um, until my laptop finishes its update. I got th- this. This friend of mine sent me this text today. This is a true story. Ready? I got pulled over for rolling through a stop sign yesterday. When the cop asked me why, I told him the sign identified as yield. <laughs> Guess who didn't get a ticket? I go seriously. He said, "Yeah." He laughed so hard and said it was the best line he's heard yet. What a great opening to the show. Well, I'm just it's free. I just saved everyone who gets pulled over. I mean, I don't get pulled over anymore. I've reached that age. I've reached that age. Um, but Angelo's what you don't under, you don't know that age, you will. Where they look and they're like, Oh, it's just some old guy, we'll let him <laughs> Yeah, <in."> yeah. <laughs> it's a dude in a Sienna. We don't want none. <laughs> Angelo knows. Nah, Angelo drives it. by me in the fire truck and goes, In twenty years I'm gonna be fucking visiting that guy in the nursing home. <laughs> yeah, no, I get pulled over all the time. Uh what are I, well, let me let, well, let me ask Angelo first. Angelo, what do you yeah. think power rankings mean? What do you think that means? Uh, uh, that sounds like a big term that Brian understands that I don't. I think it means who he thinks are currently the best CrossFitters in the world, ranked in order based on their sex, a list of men and a list of women, with the one caveat that they have to be eligible in this current season to make it to the games as an individual. So for example, if someone got knocked out already, they couldn't be on the list yeah. or two, like someone like rich couldn't be on the list because he's an individual. Okay. So let's, uh, the, the Google definition is ratings or power ratings, a little different than rankings are numerical representations of competitive strength, often directly comparable so that the game outcome between any two teams can be predicted. Oh, is. so is there some, so maybe there's some sort of calculation that Brian does that gives each person a ranking based on their birthday, um, their birth country, and how they did in their last uh, competition. That's it. Those are the only three things yeah. I think about. No, I think I think it's uh, I think it's just basically their how they represented themselves at their semifinal, who they were competing against and how they did against those people. I mean, that that's, that would be the best way, I guess. I don't know. But Brian to mean what, to mean what, when we look at this list, what do you think it means? Do you think that means that's like, if we see someone who's number 10 on the list and someone who's number five, do you think it, we're going to be able to be able to say, um, Brian thinks that guy's going to be fifth at the games and this guy's going to be 10th. Um, I think as of right now, that's as of right now, that's the only, uh, it's really the only thing you can compare, I guess, you know, it's like they haven't done the same workouts. They haven't done all the same workouts. They've just, um, they've just <laughs> keep a straight face. Angelo. <laughs> they've just all qualified and based, based on how they qualified out of their respective, um, semifinal and who they competed against is the only way you could you could say that. So no, I don't think that necessarily means that who is 10th on the list is going to get 10th. I just think that um, I think he's basically done the best that he can with the information he's been given so far. 
how come I can't remember? I know I've asked you before what power rankings mean. How come I can't? But I always know that whatever I'm thinking is wrong. <laughs> I, I mean, I think you did a pretty good job. But oh, uh, good. And then supplemented by Angelo. Can we do a... Is, can we do polls in the comments section, Savan? Is that a thing we can do? Yes, 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 totally, totally. I like, let's, I, let's double check with uh, Mr. Beaver. Yes, of course. Okay, right, let's do a poll. Would you rather go with the sure thing or the big risk, big reward? And we'll just put that there. We'll come, come on, come back to it later. Would you rather go with sure thing A uh-huh. or B? Would you rather go with big risk, big reward? Yeah. Uh, no, Dick, genitalia size is not a factor this year. Thank you, though. That's um, been taken out. <laughs> and um, another, you know, we could do a good example of the, you know, how power rankings go just by um, looking around at the three of us here. It's pretty obvious that the most powerful facial hair is Angela. <laughs> you come in as, as a close second, Savan, and even though I might contend in many circles, I'm a distant third here. <laughs> I I'll take it. I'll take second. I'll take second to anything, D'Angelo. Um, let us. Um, no, John Young is not. Uh, is John Young banned from the Sevon podcast? No, he is not banned yet. Uh, okay. Um, uh, hello, John Young. Good to see you. Um, uh, so, t- Brian, can you tell us what the power rankings are? And, 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 and explain to us what's happened to them um, this year. I know that there's 30 men, 30 women in last year, or last time we only had 20 and 20. Yeah, so um, basically just trying to assess at different points of the season based on the total you know, knowledge of what I, we know or I know of the athletes. Uh, yeah, I mean, you could ask yourself this question in a couple of different ways, but, but the general question I'm asking is who do I think is um, – more well positioned or more well poised to outperform the other one when at, at the competition that matters the most. There's, you know, a lot of, and so uh, a, a lot of times when I put out um, these things, people think it is a prediction that I'm saying this is going to be the order of finish. This guy's going to beat this guy. And I don't really, f- you know, feel that it's that um, valuable to do that really early on. So this is a different way to, assess the field without, you know, necessarily locking yourself into a prediction. Obviously over the course of the next eight weeks, many things could happen that we could learn about that could, you know, Im- impact these things. But at this given moment with what we've seen this year, what we know about these athletes over the total amount of years that they've been competing from a, not just a competition perspective, but a consistency perspective and a continuation of growth perspective or not. Uh, yes. Age does come into the equation and, and, you know, I think one of the things that people often forget is, like, you can't have 30 guys in the top 10. There's one spot, and then that spot's gone, and the next best spot is the next best spot available. And you can be fitter this year and do worse at the games this year, especially in the men's division. And how is that? Because the field is better. Oh, okay, fitter than you were the previous year, not fitter than your comrades, your colleagues. Correct. Okay. Okay. Uh, so uh, the, the dickhead side of me wants to be like, Hey dude, this power rankings is just to push you pussyfooting uh, around not wanting to rank them in the order that you think they're going to win the games. Cause it's too early. But, but what you're saying is it's who you think is more well poised to outperform the others. If the competition were tomorrow were no, 
July, June twenty second. No, okay, shit. Okay, well, to take one more stab at it. I'm sorry. No, I'm. I, I I am projecting based on what I know right now about the athletes, how well I think that they will end up doing at the games. But there's a lot of things that'll happen between now and then uh, that have you know you might think it's like a cop out or whatever that have a lot of potential to change that. And I try to when it comes to the competitions put out predictions for the competitions as close to the start of the competition as possible when I have the most available information because sometimes. So, you know, specific information can be, in my opinion, pretty critical for certain, especially for certain athletes. You know, there are athletes that I think uh, transcend those inconsistencies in either programming or timing or whatever the, uh, the, the situation might be. But those are few and far between. And for a majority of the athletes, I, I look at them as having a range of potential finishes, best possible scenario to worst possible outcome, obviously, with the exception of injury. However, even in the case of injury, I factor that in sometimes with certain athletes because, uh, you know, it's it's it almost seems useless to rank someone pretty highly at the games level when they have only shown the capacity to not finish the games test ever. And, you know, then it's like, okay, well, you know, I who who are you saying when you say that? Who are you saying like Cara Saunders or no car is an interesting fact or factor for sure because she has had a lot of ups and downs at the games she's had just as many amazing performances as withdraws or below par performances um and is so, there someone who's ne- who's been to the games twice and never finished the games either time yeah well yeah i mean but but you, part of the problem with most of the athletes in the field is that some of the only opportunities they had were 2019 and 2020 which okay. were, you know, kind of, they weren't, you, you actually weren't being tested at the games. So, you know, I actually think that both Adrian Bosman and Brent Fikowski did a decent job in this past press conference of detailing what is so special about the games and that it is different uh, than any other competition you can do. And in those two years, the athletes there did not get to experience the games in that way. And so, you know, I can say, look at someone and say, oh, you only did five workouts in 2020. You only did one workout last year. You had to withdraw. And in 2019, or 19, you did five. Last year, 2020 online, you did the seven workouts online. And it just doesn't like, there's not a really good, even though this person's been to the games multiple times, there's no good sample size or data to look at. Well, can that person actually last the duration of the games? Right. Roman. <laughs> no, it's uh, Danny Spiegel <laughs> is the one I'm referring to. Right. But Roman's another one that's um, sure. like, hey, w- what's going to happen when he's not in Siberia? Is he going to melt? Does he melt past the seventh seventh event? Roman's a great example. So you know, because you want to, you know, it it appears like he has every potential to be as good as anyone at the game, based on the things that he's done. He's regularly not, not Justin Medeiros. Careful. <laughs> his competition resume over the past several years is better than Justin Medeiros at the competition he's been able to compete at. But he has the, the Siberian to- throwdown, the <laughs> Moscow Open. And the St. Petersburg's butchery. Those were, yeah, I, those were uh, legit. Now um, he's competed in Dubai more than once, right? Yes, and he's done exceptionally well there. Uh, you know, he, he he finished behind Brent and Pat one year. He won it last year. He's um. All I remember is that Ricky smoked his ass in one workout. That's, that's <laughs> one I remember. <laughs> no, and in both. I love Roman. Look, I just can't give him any. I can't give him any street cred yet. I just can't. I just but, no, no, but 
you know, that is the highest level competition that he's competed at. And in the two, the last two years that he's done it, he basically beat the field this year by a hundred points. And it's not, um, you know, it's not the best field out there, but you got Lazar Jukic, Ricky Garrard, Jeff Adler, Adler, and none of those guys were able to get within 95 points of him on the leaderboard by the end of the test. And then you have, the, you know, the, the previous year that he did it, he lost to Fikowski and Valner, but he was a hundred points ahead of the fourth place finisher, which is BKG. And we all know how good BKG can do in a game setting. The games are usually 13 to 15 tests. Dubai is usually nine or 10 tests these years. Um, and so he's getting close to demonstrating against some of the best games athletes that he can hang for, you know, uh, at least a good portion of what the games test is going to be. Um, we're, we're way off track here, but I'm going to do it anyway. Angelo, when you show up to the games and you're just a savage like someone like Roman is, do you still look back and look around you and be like, oh, shit, there's nowhere to hide? Like, do you know that now it's like a totally different show? Yeah, I think I think anybody who shows to the games, it's a totally different feeling. doesn't matter how many big, high-level competitions you've been to. The games are a completely different animal, um, mainly just because that's what your whole year revolves around, you know, because – and that's what everyone else's year revolves around. So um, like what Brian's saying is you can compare stuff to that Dubai pretty well because if it's of the test, how long the test is. But then you have to think about that. Some people, they don't train all that hard for it and they don't, they're not trying to peak then, you know, that could be just, um, you know, okay, I'm going to train. And then let's say I'm like fourth week into my nine week Olympic lifting cycle. I'll just put it on pause for a week and go do this competition. Whereas the games, it's all tailor made, you know, I'm going to finish my Olympic lifting cycle the week before the games. And I'm going to finish this aerobic capacity cycle a week before the games. And I want to be ramped up and ready to go taper for a few days. And I'm, you know, I'm the fittest I've been all year. So, um, I think the games are totally different animal, um, for a lot of reasons. And that being one of them. I mean, you you can you can be Roman's going to be in a heat, and he's going to look to his right, and there's Travis Mayer, and to his left there's Justin Medeiros, and then he's going to look one more down to his left, and there's going to be Noah, and then he's going to look to his right a little more down. There's going to be Lazar Jukic, and there's going to be no one. Everyone he looks at, he's going to have seen on TV or yeah. on Instagram win in some sort of event somewhere. Yeah, someone, everyone in his heat, someone is going to there's has a fan base that thinks that guy's going to win the games. Yeah, exactly. It's like um, it's like. It's almost like you playing football with the kids in your neighborhood and then you're like, man, I'm, you know, being the best kid in the neighborhood and then go showing up to high school and being like, just kind of run of the mill. You know, it's like everyone is that kid. Everyone's that kid who's the best in his group and they're getting sent there. So you're not like, uh, yeah, some people are kind of standout, but mostly everybody there is usually the best person in in their gym or second or third in their gym, depending on who they're training with. I mean, we know the training groups are a lot more uh, prevalent now than they used to be, but you you're showing up. You're probably the fittest guy in your circle or close to it. You're not usually getting beat all the time. And then when you show up the games, you're competing against the guys who are just like you and they can easily beat you in any of the events uh, or you can beat them in any of the events. So um, being able to roll with the punches of knowing like, Oh, I'm a good swimmer getting in the water and being like fifth place in the swim, you know, that can freak some people out. Like, you know, this is supposed to be a home run hit. What's happening? So yeah, there's a there's a ton of different mental. There's the mental side of the games, and then there's uh, there's the physical. Like I said, just uh, being able to like know that everyone's at their fittest and they've been training all year for that competition. 
Um, guys, this uh, of all the game shows we do, this is the junk food. This is the cotton candy. This is the fun one. So everyone settle down. This is like, this is the fun one. One chill in the comments. I mean, fucking turn into it. It's like dogs behind a cage. They're like barking at the enemy and then they start biting each other. Um, Brian, in those comments, but uh, um, in the morning chalk up uh, comments, you, people say in there a half dozen times, it appears that the people commenting in here don't understand what the power rankings are. So, okay, I, let, yeah, let me, ahead. let me, I want to just so add something in. So, before the semifinals, there's, I think, a good example of this is an Alex Vigneault. I'm not worried about Alex Vigneault at the games, I'm worried about if he's going to get to the games. If he gets to the games and he doesn't get injured, I know that he's going to do great because he's never done anything other than great. Mm. But it's not a guarantee he's going to get through the semifinals. The semifinals is a critical point of the season for him. So when I'm doing a power rate ratings early in the season, I'm aware of Alex Vigneault's potential, but I'm still holding him back a little bit relative to guys like, you know, and it, it didn't even necessarily turn out this way, but guys like Noah Olson or Travis Mayer who, or Cole Sager, who I feel much more confident will make it through the semifinals. And then I want to see. And I, and I see a guy like Alex, and he did what he needed to do. And he didn't look stressed doing it. And even though I think it is a stressful weekend for him because he knows that that's, you know, all he has to do is get find a way to get through. He did that. And now I think he's in, in his element. So he's going to move up at that point for me. And that's how you can see, because otherwise you could just say, oh, well, these are the power rankings for the someone at the start of the season. And how are they different after the Open? How are they different after the quarterfinals or the semifinals? And in some cases, there are athletes that we have not had a chance to see in any real comparable setting uh, for whatever number of reasons until this semifinals. And so those people are probably missing uh, entirely from the ranking ratings or power rankings prior to that. And some of them are still missing from the power rankings after that, uh, because I just don't think that I have enough information to put them ahead of people that I do have that information about. Presuming making the assumption we'll do this show week before the CrossFit games, will it still be called the power ranking show? The week before, uh, probably, I mean, no, uh, or will it be who will win the games? <laughs> Probably that. Okay. Thank you, John. I think that when it comes to the games, you know, obviously a few workouts might be announced right up before it, but probably Monday, Tuesday, you know, Monday prior to the games, that's a good time to, to say, like, this is what this is what I think is going to happen in order. Uh, Steven, that show will be starting at 1 a.m. Pacific Standard Time. <laughs> the power bottoms. Uh, okay. Um <clears throat> Exciting year for the CrossFit Games. Would you say, if, if I'm reading this right, what, what you wrote in the Morning Chalk Up article, um, and if you could pull that up, Caleb, uh, it was published this early this morning, uh, you believe that this year's men's uh, competition and this year's women's competition are the best females and males ever to be um, vying to get to the Games? For the, I, think th I think this is amongst the maybe second or third best men's field. It's in the top three best men's fields I've ever seen. And I would not, I think the women's fields similar to last year is missing too many significant players to be considered that. To be, con so, so you're saying the women's isn't necessarily the toughest ever? Not relative to what's out there. No, I mean, it is very, very impressive and, and deep, but you know, we just lost Kristen Holta and Sam Briggs from the field. We just, we don't have Annie Thor's daughter in the field this year. 
Well, we didn't lose Sam Briggs. She well, lost yeah. herself. There's a difference oh, between but, bowing out and, and not making it, right? If you don't make it, then it's still an argument that this is the best field. I hate to think – I'm having trouble. I hate to think that the women's field is sliding backwards. It's not sliding backwards, but in addition to those, you also have athletes like Sarah Sigma's daughter, Jamie Simmons, Madeline Sturt, Katrin David's daughter, Ariel Lowen, who have proven the capacity to finish in the top half of the games field, that none of them are necessarily past the point of their career where they could still do that, and they're all in the last chance qualifier. Now, obviously, there are women that had to beat them to get in there, but I, I don't think that those women will do as well at the games, even though they beat them at semifinals, as the women that I just listed that are in the last chance qualifier would do. And so that's five in the last chance qualifier, three that have been perennial contenders at the games that aren't in the field this year for whatever reason. And then you also have Bethany Shadburn. You also had Carrie Pierce retire, you know. So there's up to 10 women missing that actually could be vying for top half finishes at the games. And if you had those 10 women's there with the top 30 that are maybe on this list right now, suddenly you're looking at pretty close to a full women's field where you're like, I'm actually interested in this first heat because there's five women in here that uh, are, I actually know them and they could, you know, cause some havoc on certain workouts. Yeah. The games are going to be, going to be great. Uh, the, two, 2014. Um, was that the year that uh, Matt Fraser and Rich were both at the games when they competed against each other? Yeah, and I think that is amongst one of the best uh, years for the men's field as well. How cool is that for Rich? <laughs> it's just a great field. When you just look down the, the leaderboard of that field, it's, you know, it's a well, really he put impressive. It, he put it to him. It kind of fucks it up for Matt. No, I, won, I don't think so. I won five. Yeah, but I beat you. Oh. <laughs> yeah. It's just, I'm just saying, I'm just saying, like if they were like pissing, if they were pissing in stalls next yeah, to but each I mean, other. Great. That's how they come. What are you going to say? Ah, uh, yeah, I've got four titles, and Graham Holmberg walks up and says, "Yeah, but I beat you, Rich." And he, <laughs> damn, damn, Brian, damn, drat you! Uh, oh my you know, goodness, that's a, um, like, look, I like looking at the numbers. The numbers tell uh, a lot of the story, but the numbers are not the end of the story. Right, right, of course. Um. Okay, should we pull it? Should we pull it up? It's a beautiful list. Uh, I think you guys are going to really appreciate this. Uh, we can start with the. Do you want to start with the men? Whatever you want. Yeah, let's start with the men. Uh, these are thirty men. Last time there was twenty. I think that the reason why is because we have the last chance qualifier. I'm um, still so Brian. Uh, just, make- just ex- you know, this is the first year I'm doing this, and I, you know, I wasn't uh, sure of the appropriate number. I felt that after the semifinals, you know, the cross people. I think even though. Um, in some of the semifinals, there weren't great attendance in person. I think that there was a really good attention to semifinals by the, you know, CrossFit sporting community uh, remotely this year. And that people know enough about 30 to 40 athletes, maybe even 50 athletes in some cases, that we could expand the list a little bit and still have conversations about people that, um, athletes that people are very passionate about. Okay. I, I don't think, I don't think I understood that. But, but, um, but, but, but I love this list. So what you guys are seeing is the list up at the top is Justin Medeiros, the champ, um, rightfully so. And then you see these um, green triangles with a number inside of them. That means the last time that the power rankings were there, that person was six, has moved up six spots. So you see Scott Pancheck, he's got a green triangle with a six in it. That means that last time we did this a month or two ago, that he was number 11, correct? Yeah. And that Roman Krennikov has moved down. Last time he was five and he's moved down, et cetera. Can we see the whole list really quick and then we'll go and then we'll um, 
Man, Jason it, Hopper's up there. It's split into two pictures. Do you want me to just pull up the, the spreadsheet? No, no, just oh. sli- slide to the next 15. Merci. Man, the comments are feisty. <laughs> uh, so at the very bottom, number 30, we have Spencer Panchik, and at the top, we at, the, at number one, we have Justin Medeiros. Um, wow, look at these names. Go ahead and take a quick look at these names. Yeah, I mean, this is what I'm saying, is that the 20 through 30 names are names that most people know, and a lot of people are interested in in these athletes. So I felt like cutting it off at 20 was not really doing a, a full service to this, but, uh, and then I've, at the games, I'll go all the way through 40. You know, there, there was a line in there in the morning chalk up um, that you say um, aspects of fitness that don't show up on the leaderboard or put to the test. Mm-hmm. Um, what is that judges, um, crowds, <laughs> um, venues outside? Like what, what are, what are, the, I mean, are you talking about elements, the untangibles? I think it's intangibles intangibles yeah i think you're right too the intangibles uh yeah but you know um what were you referencing a- angelo knows these things angelo there what, what are some of the things that are relevant at the games that aren't relevant at any other competition all year round for the athletes um the length um the type of events the type of equipment they can get um, I want to say the heat mostly, but I mean, not necessarily you can get the heat in other places too, but yeah, I would say the, the, I, I would say the equipment mostly because they have access, they have such easier access to rogue and they can come up with new stuff every year, like the snail and like the, I mean the worm years ago and, um, just different things like that. Am I missing it? Tell me if I'm. No, me. no, just, uh, yeah, there, I think that from a, like a total volume, a length, the ability to uh, recover, the ability sometimes to deal with new information in a very quick turnaround. That, yeah. You know, the being forced into um, environments or, uh, you know, workouts that have things that you've never touched before, um, nothing to adapt on the fly. And then what you guys said earlier is like most of the time when you go to a competition, you can look around and pretty quickly assess and say, okay, these are the threats. And when you get to the CrossFit Games, it's way easier to identify the people that aren't the threats than are the threats. Ah, 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 ah. There's far fewer that are not the threats at the right. games. And that's a total inverse to most competitions. This list that you're looking at, all of these people have a chance of still making it to the CrossFit games. If you don't have a chance of going to the CrossFit games based on the current rule book or where you've fallen, or if you're on as an individual, you have to be able to go to the CrossFit Games as an individual to be on this list. So if you're like, hey, where's Rich Froning? Well, he's on the team. That's why he's not on here. Or where's so-and-so, um, you, you know, because they're not eligible. By the way, is Roman in the country? Doing Is he going for sure? Yeah. Make it, yeah, okay. Okay, uh, I think we should just, I think we should look at the biggest movers. I think that's where the most exciting um, pieces are. You want to do that? Sure. Okay, uh, let's look at him or Sa- let's look at Saxon. Uh, moved yep. up uh, six places. How come uh, are, are people? Me, 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 I think Saxon's great. I think he's like one of the biggest threats to Justin out there. Um, but I feel like people are having trouble accepting that. Why is that? Is it because it's Scott's little brother? <laughs> no. So um, when it says it moved up six, that was prior to the quarterfinals uh, 
Tommy Marquez, Chase Ingram, Patrick Clark, Chad Schrader, and myself each did a, a power rankings, and then we did a composite one. And many of those guys had sacks and a lot higher than I did. Um, I, so I had them fairly low relative to the other group of analysts there. And, um, you know, I think that I was probably just uh, waiting some waiting some things from Wadapalooza that were pretty unimpressive to me way too highly early in the season in his in his regard. Uh, when you look at, at, at Saxon, historically, like he's a very, very consistent performer and he has a couple things that he's not very good at. And then, he, you know, he does, he's not necessarily hitting the home runs to offset those bad performances, but his overall consistency keeps him pretty high relative to the field. Um, so he's got a small number of holes and a really consistent game. And he's strong as shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So really, really long stuff is not great for him. And, and high power output, especially on the bike, is not great for him. Like Those are the two things he struggles the most with relative to the top competitors in the sport. Um, I bet you I bet you if you ask those guys above him how much they respect him, I bet you Patrick and I, I mean I don't know this at all, but I bet you Patrick Brenton Bjorgvin um respect the fuck out of him. Uh, Justin probably keeps that a little closer to his to his chest. <laughs> yeah, but and it's also a little, you know, it's it's a little different. Like Justin is so good, but we kind of forget, you know, he's really young. And so he yeah. looks at guys like um Saxon and Lazar and Gee, and he's like, These are my peers, and they're really good and they're coming for me. Like Brent and Patrick and, uh, and, uh, and BKG, you know, they're looking backwards on their career a little bit relative to those guys. And they say like, we're still here, but yet, but these guys are coming. Um, but they like, they, you know, they know how to do this stuff. That's why there's no change at the top. Like until this five through 15, show me that they can beat that one through four. Nothing's going to change up there. There's nothing you can show me at semifinals against whatever field you're competing against that's saying, yep, I think you can beat Fikowski at the games. Because what Angela was talking about earlier is if you show up at a Dubai or a Wadapalooza and Brent Fikowski or Pat Vellner is there, they are not peaking for that competition. They're just doing that competition to get some experience, maybe to travel a little bit, maybe for some sponsor stuff. And they'll try to do well because there's some good money to win for sure. But when they're getting ready for the games, it's totally different. And they're taking years and years and years of discipline and practice and trial and error and conversations with other people and studying the sport. These guys are really cerebral. I mean, they know their sport. They know the workouts. They know the athletes are going against. They know how to prepare their meals, their food, their rest, all of it. And you can't, you can't replicate that without having the years of tried and true experience that leads to the success that those guys have had. Um, you like where Saxon's at? You, when did you make this list? Me? Yeah. Like two days ago. And, and, and yeah, I love looked- where Saxon's at. So the main thing with Saxon is I don't think I'd, you know, and, and some of this is, um, it's, this is some intangible stuff. I don't think I've ever seen Saxon move on and off the competition floor with as much poise, control, and professionalism as I did in Knoxville this year. And that Bensfield was good. I mean, I'm telling you, like, Dallin Pepper is the real deal. This guy is very, very, very good, and he's dangerous, and he's coming. Cole Sager knows how to manage a semifinal regional format as well as anyone. Noah had the worst possible day he could have on day one and still rebounded from it. It was in the the mix. There were a lot of good guys there, and Saxon outclassed them all, basically on every workout the whole weekend. You know, he didn't win every workout, but if you just watch, go back and watch the way that he moved through workouts. And I can't, there's no way for you guys to go watch this, but the way that he carried himself around in the back areas and the check-in after winning the competition, it was a guy who 
I just feel like is in a really, really good place, not just in his competitive career, but in his whole life where things are on balance. I think that this transition to working with the proven crew has been able to even improve him from what he was last year when he took fifth at the games. Um, I was really impressed with everything I saw from him in, in Knoxville. And I don't, you know, even though that shouldn't be the end all be all, when you add that to the total body of work that he's done before, the propensities that he's shown to be consistent and effective in these settings and these long types of tests being the, the totality of the CrossFit games. It's a guy that you, like you just said, these guys are aware of and do respect. Do you like where he's at Angelo? You like yeah. those top five? Yeah, I think that's perfect spot for him. Not really much else to say. I, I think that's right where I would have put him right at fifth. What what is he what when you were looking at um fourth and fifth, uh Brian Bjorgvin and Saxon, was there ever did you struggle with that at all? <clears throat> no, not really. I mean, the thing about those those four guys at the top is it's really hard to find people who've beaten them. And uh they're just like they're regularly up there. And yeah, you know, BKG didn't win his semifinal this year. Um, Lazar had an am- amazing weekend and like, it's going to happen at some point that those guys are going to slide down or fall off relative to the guys that are coming. It has to, but he's been so consistent at the games. He's been so good. He knows even when he's not healthy there, when he's not a hundred percent, when things are, he's getting some bad breaks on the competition floor. He doesn't get rattled by that. He just keeps going and his keep going is like good enough to be in the top five pretty damn often. Uh, let if you guys don't mind, I'd like to move to Jeffrey Adler. I'm I'm struck. We we we, we he, he he left a pretty strong mark on us in that final week. He he handled his business, and so here we are. I know you started this by saying, "Hey, once you place a guy, you put Bjorkman in fourth. That shit's gone. No one else can be there." But it's hard to see Adler down here. I mean, <clears throat> I mean, he put on he put on a show for us, and he and he finished so strong. Adler was amazing. I was incredibly impressed with him. Uh, every, every, pretty much everything he did the whole weekend, I thought was spot on. Uh, you know, he made a calculation there on the lift. He probably could have got five more pounds and even got five more points or four more points by the end of the weekend and had a, even a little bit bigger margin there. Um, he out executed Pat, you know, on, on several workouts uh, towards the end of the weekend or both workouts on the last day. Adler made, I mean, um, Felder made some mistakes. Adler had a clean run and he, what he earned that victory. Adler's a good example of what I said kind of at the opening of the show is, and this honestly applies to a lot of people is, you know, he's, he might be better this, this year than he was last year. In fact, I'm confident that he's better this year than he was last year, but it's hard to move up very far. He was, you know, he was 14th uh, last year at the games. I'm sorry, 13th last year at the games. And I think he's going to improve, but (laughs) that's, that's a pretty stout eight guys ahead of him. And uh, based on what I've seen from him and know about those guys, I'm not convinced that he can beat any of them in that setting yet. Um, but Adler is also, um, I think maybe every time I've ever put a, a rankings out, he's outperformed them. So, you know, he's trying, even at, even at the semifinals, I put him second and he's, he put a thing on his Instagram. Who thinks I can uh, beat Brian's rankings? <laughs> and he did. <laughs> Angelo, I, I don't want to mischaracterize um, Adler. I don't know him that well, but, there was this kind of um, chatter about him at the um, semifinals that the guy's strong enough. He walked into a gym his very first day, never deadlifted and pulled 400. And that basically he, he just is a strong dude and he's really been just working on his engine that he, in his mind, he's strong enough. Huh. Uh, um, do you have any, any thoughts on that opinions, editorial on that? 
Uh, I mean, yeah, some people at different genetics and all that plays a factor. Like, uh, I mean, locally, obviously we all know Guy and that he's like one of the best Olympic lifters. He is, I mean, I think arguably the best Olympic lifter in CrossFit. Um, and he doesn't lift all that often. So I think a lot of the genetics play to their strength and, or I'd say work early in their life. I mean, Guy, I think worked, I'm not sure about Adler, but I know Guy worked a lot on his technique and his strength early in his career and mainly because he liked it and his coach was a good Olympic lifting coach. And, um, so Adler could be the same way. He may have put in a lot of work when he was younger and he's got the good genetics for it. And when he started CrossFit, he already carried in a lot of strength that he already had and never really had to work on that. That's true for some people. I mean, like Frazier was pretty, was, uh, for Matt, that's pretty much, it's very similar to how he was. He still worked on it, but he didn't put a lot of emphasis on it. He just had to really dial stuff up and yeah, he got a little stronger, but that was never his main focus. It was more so just to build his engine and that's really all he needed. If you can only work out two or three times a day and, and you're the strongest guy in CrossFit, then why, why not invest those two or three workouts in your weaknesses? Exactly. Yeah. And that's, uh, yeah, obviously everything needs tuning up no matter how good you are at anything. You still need to hit it every now and then, but everything does need tuning up and everything does need to be hit now and now and again, <laughs> but it doesn't, but it doesn't need it all the time. The things that you're great. At. Uh, yeah, yeah. You should have stopped there. Maybe it does need it all the time. Maybe. <laughs> God, those were a great string of sentences. You said. Angelo, you're a good dude. You're every time you come on the show, I think you're a better and better dude. Uh two of the two of the guys that Wait, I think that that one time he came on without a mustache. <laughs> that sucked. <laughs> um two two of the um the, the, the funnest guys on the on the on the circuit. It was funny. I had a Lauren Khalil, the great Khaleesi on this morning, and I asked her who the worst interview ever was. And I was really I had a whole shtick I was gonna do and just beat on Dallin Pepper. Just fucking hammer his ass. But the truth is, Dallin and Phil Toon are really bringing a shit ton of excitement, I think, to this um, men's class. Can we see where Phil Toon drops on the next page? They were both amazing to watch and talk about, and uh, they're both fun guys, um, easy to easy to talk to. I think I think we're gonna have a great um, a great you know however long they're in the sport, ten years with these guys. Okay, so you have them at fifteen and sixteen. Wow. So. Uh, at 15, uh, Brian has put in his power rankings, uh, has Dallin Pepper, a uh, young kid training in Florida with Matt Torres and the Brute Strength crew. Phil Toon's also his training partner. A um, bunch of other people great down the right. Emma Carey and... James Sprague, Olivia James. Sulik's moving down there. Um, who? 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 Sulik? Olivia Sulik. Let's, let's talk about her another time. Okay. Uh, uh and then below them, we have a list of some greats um, that we'll hit on. But um, let's do you, do you, do you just drop like when you make this list and you have one through thirty? Do you just put Medeiros at the top and then Dallin and Phil in the middle because you don't know? I mean, like how do you how did you do this? Like why are they just dead center? Um, like, and, and can't Tudor Magda be up there with them too? Just squeeze push him in seventeenth. Like isn't he kind of like that too? Like shit, what are we dealing with? Yeah, so for sure there are, you know, there are some um, athletes that I look at and I ha and I feel very similarly about. And so in this case, you bringing them up, uh, I feel similarly about Dallin Pepper and Phil Toon, and I also feel similarly about Tudor Magda and Cole Grayshaber's potential this year. 
Um, and that's why you see them kind of next to each other on the leaderboard. And, uh, and you know, someone asked, I thought me, Cole gray Shaber was a girl. Is there, is there, is there a girl? Is there what, who, who am I confusing that with Christine Colandrander? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. What a mess my brain is. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Good job. Good job, Angelo. Okay. Sorry, Brian. Cole gray Shaber. What kind of name is gray Shaber and Colleen Colin Brander? Uh, yeah. Is that it? Yes, very. I'm I'm impressed, Angela. This is gonna be. You a were tough able year. to decipher decipher the jargon of Stefan's brain. <laughs> okay, sorry, Brian. Sorry, sorry. No, no. Uh, Dallin and Phil Tune. Um, yes. Yeah, so I, I mentioned earlier that there's you know when I'm assessing the these athletes, I, I do think about a range of potential finishes. I think that it's pretty likely that one of those two guys will finish in the top ten this year at the games. But, and it'll be really impressive if either one of them does. Um, and I think there's also the potential for both of them to finish outside the top 20. And if you look at the guys that are right behind them, Sager, Caron, Olsen, Mayer, and Hepline and Houdet, five of those six guys made the top 20 last year. Only Alexander Caron missed out. And I think Alexander Caron has improved from last year to this year by a notable margin. Obviously, you see, I've even moved him up a couple of spots in semifinals. So, and if you look at the guys ahead of Dallin, uh, it's a tough list, very, you know, very difficult to beat those men right ahead of him. We have Alex Vigneault, who we talked about before Jason Hopper, who I think is on the Ascension this year, Yona Koski is up there and Yona hasn't qualified for the games yet. But he, so, you know, obviously if he doesn't, then everyone moves up a spot, Willie George, who looks like he's back to his old self. And then from there on up, it's pretty much guys. Most people would say those are, the, you know, the top 10, um, or maybe nine. What happened to the squeaky clean crew? What is that? Uh, Cole Sager, Noah Olson, and Travis Mayer. Oh, oh, nothing. Nothing's happened to him. I mean, I mean, I, they all they all took a hit at semifinals. You got uh, Cole dropping three, Noah Olson six, and Travis five. You, I mean, that's that's blasphemy. It doesn't necessarily have to do with their performance. So I've I've asserted Phil and and um, Dallin ahead of them. So that you know, and they were not on the list previously. That's what the blue means. So they, I felt like I didn't have enough confidence that they would make it through semifinals, enough information about their competitive performance. And I was uh, supremely impressed with both of them for different reasons at semifinals that I knew I had to have them in the top 20. The other guys that moved up past them are Alex Vigneault, who we already talked about why I moved him up to list because I think he excels in the game's format. And that, uh, and Ricky, Rick, uh, Willie George, who, you know, was a huge question mark. We haven't seen him compete live in a while. And, I, you know, again, I would think everyone would agree that he was very impressive in a pretty tough men's field. Like, you know, even the guys down ninth through 15th were like very, very relevant in a lot of workouts. Um, and he still accumulated, I think, 520 points or something like that, which is quite a bit considering the depth of that field. And he looked good doing it. And then uh, Jason Hopper, like that's the other guy that I moved up ahead of him. And in the case of Jason Hopper, I, you know, I, I actually know him. I had a chance to. Uh, have some good conversations with him this year. I didn't get to see him compete in person, but I went back and watched all the semifinal stuff. Um, and I think that he's in a really good place. Uh, even though he didn't win or beat Justin this year at semifinals, I think as a, in, as a totality, I was actually more impressed with um, him this year because I know the things that he's been working on. And I think that he's put himself in a good position to not have – such big blunders at the games this year. And I think so. I think he's in a good position to move up as well. 
Noah, obviously people know had, you know, not, not a good day one. And overall was probably a disappointing semifinal for him relative to what maybe he could have done. I thought Travis was very good uh, in a stout field at the Granite Games. Um, and Travis is very good and he's very solid and he's tough to beat. He's never, never quit kind of guy. But I, like I said earlier on, I think the games field for the men's year this year is really tough, really difficult. And there's guys that will be fitter than they were last year that finished worse than they did that year. Uh, you have two guys in orange, uh, Tyler Christoffel. Three, and... Yonikoski, Tyler Christoffel, and Royce oh, Dunn. Royce Dunn. Wow. And, and, and you have Yonikoski, uh, hi. Um, you think that those three guys are better than Colton Mertens? <laughs> I knew he was going to say that. <laughs> I, yeah, I do. I do. That's why they're ahead of him. Oh, you're a beast, Caleb. Oh, wow, you're a beast. Amazing. Caleb, Woo. sick. Oh, look, now we got uh, BKG in there. Uh, you, you, you know think what this, this is like? So you on. think this guy, Royce Dunn, the giant from Australia, this guy is seven foot two, 412 pounds. You think he is better than Colton Mertens? Royce Dunn can't even tie his own shoes in the morning. He's so big. <laughs> Royce Dunn is a, he is amazing. That, that, um, <laughs> Look, the men from Australia are really good, and they're actually, I think, uh, you know, outperformed their semifinals performances at the games. They're a bit like, so the guys that are on Say here. that I'm, last line, you think they what? The, I think the they're semifinals? even. I think that they're even better at the games than they are oh, in the semifinals. Oh. Now, at the okay. semifinals, they only have to go against each other. But I think if you distributed the, the Australian men, Jay Crouch, Baden Brown, Ricky Garrard, Royce Dunn, Bailey Martin, across like if they were each one of them sent to a north american or european semifinal i think it would be like they might not do that great they would be like fourth or fifth place qualifiers out of those some of those regions but at the games they could still beat some of the people that would finish second and third in those in some of the regions second or third and fourth if they took the fifth spot like i think they'll be better at the games than they would at some watch this shameless plug here you ready angelo yeah it, it must be that mayhem programming yeah <laughs> they are both mayhem, right? Tyler and Royce. Mm-hmm. Yes, and uh, I mean, uh, I think Baden Brown is also Baden Brown. Yeah, I can, I can go on and on. Karam. There's a guy in Daniel. here in this list of thirty. He? He's the ultimate dark horse. <laughs> he is actually a worse interview than fucking Dallin Pepper. This guy, but this guy is a fucking serious fucking threat. He's a threat to Saxon and he's a threat to Justin. And he's young and he is a serious, serious threat. But he is, he's so shy. He's quiet even. Thank God the last time I interviewed him, he brought his coach on with him. Thank God. Do you know who I'm talking about? Angela, do you know who he's talking about? No, I don't. This kid is good, man. This guy is special. I think you're talking about Gee. No. No. He was great. I'm talking about Jay Crouch. Jay Crouch. Oh, we had Rob on. Yeah. I I uh I I think that what you're I think what you're gonna see is you're gonna see of all the people on here, Brian's gonna wish he had him higher uh after the games. Uh I've heard I've I've heard he's really good too. I mean I've never trained with him or competed. He's special, man. Yeah, I've heard he's really good um, from several people. So, but man, he makes Dallin Pepper look like a chatterbox. <laughs> Ooh, 
he had Rob Forte on there. Rob Forte is the quietest man in the world. And Rob was just like, seemed like he was on meth on the show compared to Jay. <laughs> Jay's got a nice smile. Rob, Rob was in a great, it was great having Rob on. It was. Um, he, he, if you didn't uh, listen to that one, I, I really enjoyed that. It was one, probably one of the more enjoyable kind of unexpected uh, interviews I've done. Rob was great. Gave a lot of insights going back years and also where he's at now with a coaching perspective. Um, yeah, he's a mature man now. It's a good person for Jay to have in his corner, and it feels like that he's really invested in Jay. Look, Jay, this is uh, Jay's third time to the games. Um, I think he did okay last year. He barely missed the cut. I think he was pretty disappointed about that. I think he's definitely hungry to, you know, prove that he can do better than that. Guy, uh, this the guys, this is a really fun field. This is a really, really fun field to do. Yeah, I well, so I uh sorry, Brian. Oh, go ahead. I, I won't go. No, go ahead, Angelo. You go. Brian's not gonna forget. He, he we gotta balance this shit out a little bit. <laughs> well, so I like that. I just saw that comment and I'm like. There's there there is people on the list that I think should be higher, uh, or maybe people that I think should be lower. But I, um, but really, we have to think about it is like like what Brian keeps saying. There's only one spot. Like there's that spot, and then you got to go to the next spot, and then you got to go to the next spot. Like there's a lot of really good guys, um, and the goal is to hopefully be surprised. I mean, I don't know. I can't speak for Brian here, but if I were to make something like this, I would want at the end of the weekend be like wow, I got all of this wrong. I, like everything's wrong on here. Like it feel it's cooler to see like, man, I'm so wrong. You know, I, I thought, I thought for sure this guy was going to win. I thought for sure this guy was going to get me in fifth place and I'm totally wrong. Like it's cool when someone proves you wrong and is like, just goes and crushes it. So, uh, so yeah, there's only one spot for each person. And like, it's hard to, uh, it's hard to get past some of those other guys. Like, um, like we'll just say Tudor, for instance, like, I mean, that's a tough crew. Like, you're talking about, like we said, Jay Crouch is uh, poised to do very well. Noel Olsen, Travis Mayer, like they already dropped down a little bit. Like I'm sure that wasn't even, that wasn't a hard thing to do. Uh, then you look at the guys in the top 10, it's like, yeah, it's hard. Like you're talking about the 30 best guys you can possibly think of this year. Uh, it's it's a tough group to be put against. Um, Brian, um, I got I got something from your Instagram, unless you want, unless you want to say something. Um I was just going to finish the thought about okay. Jay Crouch since you'd asked yeah. about him, which is he's yeah. only 22 years old. Like he's been around a little bit. People are getting used to seeing him there and they're, you know, he's starting to have some expectation on him, but it's really, it's really tough to be uh, relevant in the top 10 at that age. You know, that's what's so impressive about what he did last year. Medeiros and as 22 and 23 years old is twice on the podium. Very impressive. You don't see it very often. I think that Jay with Rob is in a great environment where they're not risking injury early on in his career and they're building an incredible foundation. I think two and three years from now, because he seems to be a guy who's really committed to this for the long run, that, that you'll see a Jay Crouch, a version of Jay Crouch emerge that is very, very dangerous. Brian, when you say um, it's surprising, well, not surprising, it's, 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 um, it's, it's an extra achievement to see someone on there so young. If I were to follow that up and say, especially amongst men. Yeah, for sure. Would that be fair? Okay. 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 And then the same token with the very old, if a man was 35 plus and being relevant in the games, even then, you know, that's a, that's an outlier also relative to women in their mid to late thirties that we've seen still be relevant. Right. Uh, If this show is um, boring you, you're welcome to uh, swing over to naked HD Tinder. Um, (laughs) Just so you know, we have options. You have options. 
Uh, on Brian's Instagram, he posted the 2022 post semifinals power rankings. That's what this show is based on the article that was in the morning chalk up Brian friend CrossFit. Um, so iron sharpens iron 77. I think Phil tune has got to be top 12. No, he's made incredible strides within the last year and competing amongst a really tough field. I would think he's going to rise to the occasion. We touched on this a little bit, but you want to give it a little more. Look, the man, look, Phil Toon and Dallin Pepper beat all three Spans- Panchik brothers, beat Jason <laughs> Hopper, beat Colton Mertens, beat Tyler Christopher, Tim Paulson, James Sprague, Alex Vignol, Uldis Upanex, a bunch of amazing athletes at Wadapalooza. Like, they have proved that they belong in the competition, no doubt about it. Wadapalooza is not the games, and semifinals is not the games, and most of those guys that are ahead of him have the edge in terms of experience. Those guys, you know, Dallin has been to the games and done it at the teenage level, and I think that you know, like I said, I think he's really dangerous. If I was going to pick one of the two of them to make the top 10 this year, I would choose Dallin over Phil. Um, but Phil continues to impress me. You know, he, there was some stuff at semifinals that I think is still holds for him that he needs to shore up, but his adaptation is very fast. He seems to learn things and correct things and improve on things at a, a, an uncanny rate relative to a lot of other athletes. Um, so I think he does have the potential to have a really uh, quick rate of improvement in certain capacities i think that he's going to have to learn some things the hard way at the games this year like most everyone has to do jay crouch listen uh, uh, uh it's like, it like andrew hiller during the atlas games just kept saying counter duddy counter duddy and nothing ever came up <laughs> <laughs> uh dalton dalton ott leaving colt this is uh, from your instagram also leaving colton out of the top 20 Get your Colton uh, playing card at Wad hey, Zombie. Just so, just so everyone knows, I, I'm a huge Colt Mertens guy. Okay? Dang, I love Colt Mertens. Dang. Uh, leaving Colton out of the top 20 is a mistake, let alone the top 30. I understand why, though. Do you, Dalton? Not, Ott? I'm going to tell you why. I think we both agree there will be three or four workouts this year. He contends to be best in the world. I would then make the case his improvements on his weaknesses balances him out enough to make it the entire weekend. I guess we'll see. Listen, it's, it's, it's all one thing. It, he, he Brian thinks he's too fucking short. Seven. Brian thinks he's Seven. five foot four, and that you can't fucking be on his list. It, it's, 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 you can't be on the list if you're five four. You can't. You can't. But Royce as, Dunn as can guy, be on the list. Hold on. Okay, great. I'm glad you brought up Royce Dunn in comparison with him. Has this guy, whoever this Dalton, Dalton guy is, looked at Colton Mertens' performances from last year relative to Royce Dunn? Because Colton Mertens who you perceive to have the potential to be the best in the world at a certain workout did yeah. not finish better than 17th on any workout last year at the games. And besides for, or 15th, excuse me, at a 15th and a 17th and everything else was 23rd or worse. Yeah. But Dallin and Phil Toon didn't even go to the fucking games. <laughs> Irrelevant in this conversation. Oh, okay. Royce Dunn. Had a fifth place finish, a third place finish, a fourth place finish, a fourth place finish, a second place finish. Word. That's a massive difference. You like look right. at the leaderboard. Look into these things. It's not how old is how, how old is Royce Dunn? Thirty. Okay. And Colton. Listen, is, let me stop and talk about Colton wait, Mertens. How old is Colton Mertens? Colton's like twenty-five or six. Yeah, uh, 23, Colton, 23. 20, I think he's twenty-four. Colton will get better between the semifinals and the games. Where Roy, Royce Dunn, who almost fucked that up, Royce Dunn, his ability will wane a small percentage because of his age. You no, know no. It's true. Royce you know Dunn it's had true. a 
Same with same with same with same with Ms. Lawson. That's it. Well, I wait till I fucking go nuts with how low you put her. You're out of your mind. Seven. But seven. Royce yeah. Dunn hasn't made the games yet. I okay. We see. I told you that. Then how the fuck is he on the list? I know. I love. If he him. makes I, the games, yeah, yeah he'll I do understand. a lot better at the games than Colton. I know. And you know what? You're right. I agree with you. I just, I just let me I tell you about Colton Merchants. I, I, I have emotional bias. Go on. That's okay. I think that you're in the majority. All right. And sometimes I have to have the emotional talk with myself as well. <sighs> Colton Mertens, I am so impressed with him this year. He set out to improve on things uh, that m- people were give- telling him he could never compete in. Rowing and wall balls and running and long grunt- distance workouts. And he puts in more work to fix those things. To, uh, as much work as anyone to overcome the obstacles he has, when it, especially when it comes to certain things. And he showed at the Granite Games this year that that work did pay off. He was way better in those workouts, those parts of those workouts, than I think most people gave him credit for. And he wasn't the only one there who was doing who was doing that, you know. But um, he was, I think, as good as he could have been on five workouts, and that was good enough to get into the games despite an awful, basically last place workout. And there were some things, there are always things in competition that are out of your control. And there are things that happened that were unfortunate circumstances for other athletes there that might have prevented him from the games despite perfect performances that he had. But that is not a worry of Colton's in the slightest. He showed up, he did amazing. The work he put in the offseason paid off and he earned a spot to the games. I still think that like you talked about earlier, when you look left and right at the games, there are too many guys that are too good at those things that he's not going to be able to make much of a dent or an impact on him this year, one year later from last year. What do you think the highest he'll finish at an event at the games? Tenth. That's the highest you think he'll finish? There are, look, there are certain there are certain combinations of workouts that could show up that he right. could he could win. Like right. if it's the right the right rep scheme and weight of a strict handstand push up and deadlift workout, like put him in the money for the top three. But he's got to get one of those workouts, and you don't get right. one of those all that often. Nah, there'll be one. Oh shit! Listen to this. Wow, someone. What? This is like someone saw the show ahead of time. How do you think Gia Roman would fare if they competed in U.S. where they trained? Is their hype and the feedback you are seeing on them an outcome of who they have competed against so far this season? Once we are beyond Mertens and Mayhem athletes are too low from Sevon and Angelo tonight. <laughs> interested in some of your dark horses and who on your who on your ranks you feel most and least confident i already told you who the dark horse is eight 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 eighty eight miles per hour it's jay crouch get if you want to get on the next the next bandwagon it's jay crouch i'm telling you he's a savage brian who's your dark horse angela who's your dark horse can we see the list one more time what is Uh, a dark horse just someone who's just hiding in there. Just like someone who no one's looking at who's like, oh shit, this guy's a problem. This guy's going to like okay, screw I'll up, say, ruin I, someone's day. I'll say um, Cauron is my dark horse, the way you just mm. described it. Mr. Triceps. Like he's, you know, I don't think he's a dark horse for a top five finish, but if he puts together a solid weekend and, and somehow finishes eighth, like I think that that would be the peak potential for him. And you, I don't think there's a lot of people that are going to be putting him in the top ten. How about how about Willie? How about Willie? Willie Georges? Is he just like just? Is he just under the radar? I, I want to say something the, about him, but it's like so mean because I and I really like him. <laughs> I think with the 
I think he actually has kind of a tight range of potential finishes. You know, where I, think he's gonna, I don't think he's going to finish the games. I think he's going to get hurt. <laughs> well, you know, I know that's you know. horrible to say. I know. I know it's horrible to say. Well, it's just there are times like there are times that I factor that into the equation. I mean, we talked about it at the beginning of the show a little bit that, you know, there's athletes that just either always fade out at the end of the weekend or don't make the cuts or have to withdraw with injury or, you know, it's just regularly a letdown come Saturday or Sunday for whatever reason. And, uh, um, and, and if that happens enough times over their career, then yeah, it weighs down my confidence in placing them highly on uh, something like this. Uh, do you have a dark horse, uh, Mr. Angelo? Someone that people aren't looking at. Yeah. I'm going to say my not looking at, well, that kind of ruins it. Oh no. Okay. You can say are looking at who are you going to say? I'm going to say based on the way it's ranked. I'm going to say, I would say based on the way it's ranked, I would say Olsen is my dark horse. I think he could have a much better games, um, than where he's put at. I think, um, yeah, I just think he can do better than what he showed this season so far. What do you think the problem is? Uh, I don't know. Uh, maybe I think it was more. I think his issue at semifinals was more of um, more of like an error more so than his actual fitness, probably. Because like he's, I mean, he's he's proven time and time again he's one of the best in the sport. So I don't think he's. Uh, I don't think he's getting worse if and if he i don't think he's getting any worse yeah i'll leave it at that i don't think he's getting worse i just think he had some slip-ups i think he can do better uh but, anything you want to say about joyal brian um joyal had an amazing semifinal. uh and we've seen people have uh, you know amazing semifinals sometimes and then uh, get to the games and not do you know not not look like the same athlete um, I think that he's you know, very capable and he's going to run into a field that's just uh, going to leave him in the dust. Mm. Fair. But like, like Angela says, there will be, <laughs> there will be someone that proves me drastically wrong. Last year, I think I had Guy in the bottom 10 and he finished seventh and I had Jason Hopper second and he finished 19th and like that will happen. You know, there will and that's what we love about it is that, you know, you can have all the numbers on the paper. You can do as much research as you want. You can talk to the athletes and their coaches and their training partners and put all this stuff together. And you have, still have to show up on the competition field and get the job done. And someone will do it a lot better than we think. And someone won't. I, I, I know why we're not talking about Taylor self, but why aren't we talking about uh, Jason Hopper? You just haven't asked me about him yet, but we did talk about him a little bit. All right. That's one of the bigger movers on the board. And I said that I feel confident about the progressions that he's made this year on the specific things that they've been targeting. He was last year's hype. He was definitely the hype going into games last year. hundred percent. Okay. Let's move to the women. I don't want to say, I don't want to, I don't want to say anything. It's going to end the friendship. I love you, Jason. Ish. Ish. Love you. Ish. Oh, one more thing. Sorry. One more thing with the men. One more thing. Got to do it. Sorry. Got to do it. One more thing. Tell me how fucking great Justin Medeiros is. Just tell me how it's, it's, I, I, I saw, I, I saw morning chalk. I didn't uh, watch the video or the article, but I saw, is this the beginning of a dynasty? But, but, um, 
it was it what was the what was the verdict in that article um i it was an art did you say it was an article or did you say it was a video i don't know i just saw it said it was on morning chalk up and it says this beginning of dynasty and i had to have imagined that it's about justin medeiros um i'm not actually sure but justin justin doesn't take things for granted like he knows that he's good but he also knows how good the field is. And he's very aware of the fact that there's a lot of guys that have been around for a long time that know that they have a limited number of years left and they're really, really hungry to get a championship. They know He knows that there's a big group of guys within three years, plus or minus of him, that are really good and going to be competing with him for a long time and trying to take that crown from him. And he's, from what I know about him, he is committed to staying ahead of that, both those groups of people. Um, and I think he's in a position, you know, based on his performances last year at the games at rogue at the semifinals that he's demonstrated the best combination of fitness. He's just better overall at everything on average than everyone else in the field right now. And even though I think there are tons of guys behind him that are, uh, you know, that, you know, good enough to potentially win. I think it's unlikely that anyone's going to beat him. Um, Angelo, Every year, every year that he puts it to these guys. So, so we have this young group, obviously, that we're crazy impressed with, like the group that's even younger than Saxon, right? Sprague, the Dallin Pepper, the Phil Toon, the Tudor Magda, Magda Gray Shaber, yeah, uh, Jay Crouch, Gray Shaber, Mertens, Mertens, Gray Shaber. Uh, I gotta, I gotta have this dude on the podcast just so I can say his name a thousand times. Um, it's actually not that how you pronounce his name. Oh, how do you pronounce it? Greasehaber. Greasehaber. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's even better. That's like Samuel, Samuel Conway. Oh, okay. Um, how important is it that he keeps putting it to these guys now? Like, like that that must be horrible after for all the competitors after watching Tori and Pro. What Tia did. Oh. And she just looks at the camera and she's like, "There's another one," and it's just like, "Oh." Uh, how important is it that he that he that he like? Uh, I mean, I don't think it's any more important than just beating everybody else. Like, I don't think, uh, I don't think that plays as much factor into you just, uh, you just, yeah, you, I mean, you think of everyone as an, everyone that shows up, you try to think of them on equal ground, you know, everyone's a threat. And, uh, Matt's always said this, he's always said, you know, everyone who shows up, they're a threat that, you know, they may not be a threat in every single workout, but they're a threat here or a threat there. Um, so you got to think of everybody on an equal playing field and be afraid of just about everybody who shows up, um, whether you think they can beat you on something or not, you know, cause they can surprise you. You, you never know who's going to do well. I completely disagree. You completely okay. disagree. <laughs> I think there's a massive psychological component. And I think you yeah. even saw it in Pat Vellner last year in the last day of competition where he was just killing workouts. Vellner was just killing workouts. Second place, first place. And he, and he had to because he was behind. And he, every single time he looked around and Justin was one spot behind him, he was gaining no ground. And on the last workout, Justin put it to him. And I was just think that Pat had taken his shot, taken his body shots, like put everything out there. It didn't work. And he just accepted defeat and, you know, and took the second place. Yeah. And, it, and like seven, I think what seven saying is if you do that time and time again, he did it to him at Rogue. You know, he it wasn't like. Uh, Justin was very, very, very well aware that Jason Hopper was in the field at the syndicate this year, and he wasn't about to let Jason beat him again. He didn't care what the stage of the competition was. Yeah. And so he's just putting that in there. He's like, look, guys, I know you want to come, but like, I'm not letting up. I'm relentless in this pursuit also. And if he sure. does it again this year and he does it in a similar ma- fashion to whoever starts being his biggest threat 
And when it matters most, he hits every key moment, which is what he's been doing for the last 10 months, 12 months now. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think it necessarily uh, – it almost uh, – it's not – I don't want to say it's personal, but it's not like you're not singling this one guy out necessarily. It just depends on who you're having to single out at that moment. You know, like you're saying, Bellner on the last day, it came down to Bellner on the last day. You know, Hopper at this at syndicate was – that it was that person. So I don't think it's, I, I wouldn't say broadly, he's looking at these, you know, these group of guys, I'm looking out for them. I'm looking, you know, he's looking out for the guys who he knows are, can make a move uh, at certain places or will make a move, you know, like Vellner, he knew Vellner, he knew on the last day of the games last year, Vellner's going to try to make a move here, you know, and that's, he goes, I'm just going to try to beat Vellner. I'm going to try to beat Bukowski. Whoever's close. I'm just going to beat those guys. I think it turns into really just a cat and mouse game with the people you needed to turn into, not just a broad group of people because of their age. Brian, Brian, let's, I'll I'll put, um, I'll put uh, Angelo in the hot grease here. Great. You better fucking hold on Angelo. (laughs) Who, who, Who are the girls who are on your team? Me. Yeah. Sasha and Alexis. Sasha and Alexis and, and Luke and Angelo. Do you guys think that you guys can beat fucking Rich in the fucking Brat Pack? No. Fuck. See? I you were <laughs> right, Brian. He, he, they already got he's already got he's already got Angelo beat mentally. You're right. <laughs> he's got to beat physically. That's totally <laughs> Stefan, can we get a check-in of the poll from the early in the show? Where 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 are the viewers uh they watch uh, the show more like they're a big risky type of people mr beaver mm, they're not super risky types of people they like oh, actually I, they are. yeah 60 percent of them that makes sense uh what made you think that why did you put that out there before we switch over to the women what what was the uh because a lot of the times when i'm doing this i am <laughs> taking it one spot at a time and so i'll get to a point in the rankings that will, where i'll have someone who i consider to be a sure thing at the games like more or less their positioning at the games is very consistent. Their performance are consistent. They still are in the prime of their career. There was nothing at semifinals that, or anything in the season this year that makes me think they won't be that consistent again. And I have to put them up against someone. A good, a good example would be uh, like an Alex Vigneault versus a Phil Toon. And then I have to put a Alex Vigneault, what I consider a sure thing, 10 to 15 place finish. Very, very solid. Look at his event finishes year after year after year against a Phil Toon who has this super high ceiling and potential upside, but he still has to prove that he can last four or five days of competition, 15 events, three to four hours of workouts, limited time for recovery, limited time to process information and go execute it on the competition floor. Things are not going to go your way, sometimes over and over again. How do you bounce back from that? Luckily for Phil, in this case, you know he's got a guy like Matt Torres in his corner who is very good at redirecting the ship and making, um, you know, reading a situation quickly and getting his athletes the information they need and keeping that information they don't from him. There's a lot of variables. Alex has proven he can handle it. Phil is not. If someone wanted to put Phil ahead of me, ahead of Alex, I get it. And you're taking the risk and that's okay. But I, at the games, I like to go with the sure thing more often than the, than the big reward. Fair. Okay. Women, man, Phil tune. <laughs> It's amazing. The comments are amazing. I have not. Uh, I can't. I can't look at the comments. <laughs> I cannot look at. The look at this list of women. So when I first see this list of women, 
I think is this idea on, on top of what we just looked at with the men and how we talked mm-hmm. about the men is the phenomenon of a changing of the guards, a real phenomenon. You have Travis Mayer, Noah Olson, Cole Sager slipping onto page two. Um, you got Yannikoski, um, should be on page two, but Brian just can't put him there. And, and we're seeing this. We're seeing this over here. We, we have you on, on page two. We have. Hey, don't, uh, I, have a, I, I think don't sleep on Yonikoski in the last chance qualifier. And if he makes the games, he's the top ten threat. All right. All right. So Brian says uh, over here we have. I mean, look at all. The, you have Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Madeline. Caleb, Stur- just clip that. Just clip that quote and send it to Savon privately, like uh, ten days from now. Yeah. Uh, you have you have Madeline Sturt. She's been to the games four times, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Katrin David's daughter, um, Jamie Simmons. I mean, this is um, and and you have Cara Saunders Saunders at at ten. What, what did Cara take in the games last year? Withdraw, COVID. Uh, no shit, that's right. Is Cara Saunders better than Laura Horvat? Uh, in what? A CrossFit. Uh over like your. <laughs> Okay, so now you're talking about like an all-time rankings thing. Yeah, Angelo, say it. Who's better? We take we go over to Laura Horvat's house with the G5 right now. Pick her up. Swing by over to fucking um uh um Car Saunders pad, and we fucking just pull it. Go to a park in Sydney and just make them war. I'm not laughing about that, but oh, the comments. <laughs> yeah, I think Laura. I think Laura could win right now. I don't over. like Car's mindset. I don't like Car's mindset. What to lay back? I just sure her, her. First of all, her body looks like the best it's ever looked. Who's she training with right now? The fucking her boyfriend. She's still fucking no, in love. No, I mean, she's where's she she's her swimming in oxytocin. She just sits around and breastfeeds and does handstand walks all day. The fucking girls, but the only threat to Tia Claire Toomey, and she's fucking like, oh, good job, Tia. Like she's like loving on Tia. I don't think anybody's a threat to Tia. I, I want to see. I want to see angry Kara with Stop like on, some fucking. First of all, do you know who she's who her training team is? Her programming comes from this year. No, she's got that fireman dude. Oh yeah, the mayhem crew. The mayhem. Crew. <laughs> yeah, but she trains with that secondly, handsome fireman, and 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 they just. Did you see the stats I put out about her in the article this morning? Uh, it, it's really in, in it's the, a, it's probably the best the best thing I put out in the entire article. In the semifinals uh, article. Yeah, after underneath the women's, uh, I did. I read the article. I don't remember them specifically. Tell me, tell me. Now that we're, I'm fly flew off on a Car Saunders tirade. Underneath the women's uh, power rankings, I picked out a few athletes in particular from the list to highlight, and Cara was one of them. And I talked about how Tia took the maximum points possible at the Torian Pro six hundred mm-hmm. out of six. Oh uh, yes, yes. Okay, I remember this part. Which yep. means that for everyone else in the field, there's only. Well, 24 less points in that 576 points available to earn. I think mm-hmm. she earned 560 or something like that. So pretty much took all the second places. Yeah, 560 out of 576 for 97% of points available. Because I'm basically assuming that Tia at any semifinal, unless there's a very, very specific test and someone who's very good at that test, is taking 600 out of 600. Right. Um, <laughs> So 576 points available, and that 97% compares to these athletes. Sung Young Choi took 98% of the points available in the Far East. But we, you know, the relative level of competition is very different. Yeah. And the, every basically every relative uh, competitive Russian athlete didn't show up this year. 
and most of them are top 10 athletes over there. Mallory O'Brien, who, you know, we probably will talk about and had an incredible and dominating performance at the Granite Games, took less of the points per percentage of points available than Cara did. And Emma Lawson, who had almost just as impressive of a competition against probably a weaker, well, definitely a weaker field at Atlas Games, also took a huge percentage of the points, incredibly impressive. And Cara had more per percentage of points available. So the only reason that we're not talking about Cara's dominating semifinal performance is because she happens to be from the same continent as the best person who's ever done this at her best, basically. Right. She looks right. like she's still getting better. Right. Um, and she was, I mean, Tia did 36 total minutes of working out at the semifinals. She was like having time caps and winning workouts by 30%. Of the That's how much time she spent on the floor, 36 minutes? Yeah, Total? I'm working on an article about this, actually. <laughs> wow. Crazy. <laughs> yeah. Hey, that was pretty amazing, too. That's pretty uh, – Emma Lawson, if you're listening or you're Emma Lawson fan, turn this part off. That's pretty damning for Emma. Not damning. She's only 17, but you know what I mean? Like, now I understand why you put Emma where she, you did on the list. <clears throat> anyway, so people say, well, yeah, well, Brian, you just said how great Cara did at semifinals. Why don't you have her higher on the list? Yeah, Brian. <laughs> so, you know, I think that Cara's range of, of potential finishes is in, does include a podium. Like, it's not out of the realm of possibility that she can Caleb, podium. can we have the list back? Sorry, say that again, Brian. Sorry. I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility for Cara to podium at the games this year. Um, the last time she did that was five years ago. And uh, she came, you know, close in 2018. And she had a couple of really good years there. Took the year off 2019, missed in 2020, withdrew last year. So you're just looking at, you know, I know how good she can be and I know how good she looked at semifinals and she looked just that good there last year. But in the last three years, you'd had a did not qualify because you were pregnant. You missed the top five in that weird year, whatever. She was very, very, very nearly made it and probably would have taken second, I think, if she'd made it to Aromas. And then she had withdrawal last year due to COVID. So it's just a bad string for her. And I need, you know, and I do think she deserves to be in the top 10. It's possible that I'll move her up in the rankings by a few spots come the time the games, but I can't put her ahead of those top five women. Like I just can't see it based on her last three years compared to what they are doing. But you can see it based on her semifinals and you dropped her in the last couple of months versus raising Karen Friova, Daniel Brandon, Amanda Barnhart, Mallory yes, O'Brien. Yes, yes. Yes, very, very impressed with all of those women for different reasons. And, and Haley Adams, you're lowering her, not because of her performance, but because of the rest of the people around her? Yeah. Or, up, or, or is there something you now. see that you don't like? Is there something you see that you, you, something you, see you don't like? Um, Angela, do you want to take a bathroom break for this one? <laughs> no, I can handle it. No, it's uh, – it's very rare that I see something from Haley Adams that I don't like. She is an incredibly impressive young woman. Uh, what she's already accomplished at her age is, I think, unrivaled for male or female in terms of games finishes relative to age. Uh, and she's proven that she can be consistent at competitions over and over and over again. It's a really, really tough top of the women's leaderboard. Tia is an, obviously entrenched in the one spot. I, it's hard for me to envision anyone unseating Laura from the two spot. I'm led to believe that what we saw from Mal O'Brien at the Granite Games is not even close to what she could have done there. Um, Gabby Magawa has been... What do you mean by that? Can you expand on that? Because that's how I feel about... Do you mean... Yeah, expand on that. I mean, she, was, she wasn't... She didn't have to be any better than that. 
she was winning workouts. She was where she wanted to be in workouts, and there was no need to empty the tank in those to to not only to qualify but to win against that field. Like she was, was a Ferrari racing Honda Civic, so she never had to take it out of third. Yeah. Damn. Good analogy for those. That like yeah, cars. even a bit a bit harsh, but but. <laughs> Anyway, I don't see why Barnhart is above Daniel Brandon. Sevon, have Brian explain it? No, you have him explain it. I ain't explain it. You haven't explained. It. I I don't I don't know enough about Barnhart. I I can't. All these girls, I can't see. I can't see any of these girls above Car Saunders except for Tia. I just can't. I, I mean, I'm just struggling with that. I understand Brian. I mean, her she's her, she has a fucking whole train wreck of fucking competitions. I get it. She's a fucking you know. She's like she's like a like someone who just keep, keeps showing up in rehab. About? Car Saunders. Well, I'm I'm just trying, look, he wants me to. Someone's saying to explain how Amanda Barnhart's ahead of Daniel Brandon. Well, Amanda okay. Barnhart looks like a. Go ahead, go ahead. Sorry, I'm out of control. Well, I know there are a lot of people that are really, really high on Daniel Brandon's potential this year at the games. Oh, on her potential. I thought you meant just high on her. <laughs> I also know there are a lot of people that are just high on her, and I know there are a lot of people that are really wishing I would wish ha- Heidi a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Heidi. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we were talking about, you know, Amanda Barnhart has finished ninth, seventh, and seventh at the last three CrossFit games. And there were very different formats all three years. The 2019 games is what really impresses me the most, because if you look at the other athletes that managed to make the top 10 in a totally convoluted season that wasn't really well thought out at all, it's really small women. Tia Claire Toomey, Kristen Holta, Jamie Green. Kristen and Jamie had their best performances ever that year at the games. Katrin David's daughter, who was consistently making top fives in any format. Carrie Pierce, Haley Adams, Bethany Shadburn, Turi Helga daughter, and then Daniel Brandon. So Daniel and Amanda were the outliers there size-wise relative. Oh, Daniel Brandon did not finish in the top 10 that year. She missed the cut, and someone got with uh, that may, had made the cut got banned uh, substance, uh, whatever. So... Out, so that's it. Like Amanda Barnhart was the outlier in the games field size wise in a year that big athletes were not supposed to be able to make it through. She beat Cara Saunders in the online 2020 games. It was a weird year again. She got ninth last year in a pretty impressive women's field. And she looked better to me at semifinals in the same way that Saxon did, where it was just the poise, the control, the execution just really felt, looked to me like she was in her element. Some of her positions look to be a little bit better overhead. Upper body pulling seems to be coming along. I'm uh, so I think that she has the potential to not just continue these really you know consistent performances to maybe even move up a few spots this year. Um, oh, is he going to go on a call? That would be awesome. Oh shit! He does. <laughs> I was just about to ask him a question. He's avo- he's avoiding it. He must have been at the firehouse. Um, Brian, I, I was going to ask Angelo if he's ever been around any athletes who have like some emotional issues. Like, j- like, w- and by emotional issues, I mean where they um, their emo- emotional issues is too strong. Where the thing that they need to work on most is their emotions. There's this chatter. It's it's not loud chatter, but there's this reputation, and, and I haven't really I haven't witnessed it or anything. But that Daniel Brandon's uh, a, a bit of a wild child. That she's that she plays emotionally out there. Did that play into any of your placements for any of the athletes, men or women, but specifically Danielle Brandon? Like, were you like, yeah, she, like these other ones? I'm looking at their physical capabilities with Danielle Brandon. I'm also, can she keep her head in the game? 
Oh, no. I mean, that, yeah, that's 100% rel- re- relevant uh, for a lot of athletes. And you have, you know, you have to ask that question uh, at certain times when you're trying to make a decision between two people. Uh, Daniel Brandon's athletic potential, if this was a, a power rankings of athletic potential, would be first or second, I think. I mean, it's incredible. Like the combination of strength and grace and agility and body control speed it's 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 really unique and you know justin kotler he obviously loves and builds up all his athletes uh, tremendously and he's he's talked about this in some capacities knowing her better than most of us do um and he's not wrong about that but i st- i do think that uh relative to these women that are ahead of her in terms of you know beating them at the crossfit games that she doesn't that despite that she doesn't have some of the things dialed in that you need to to beat these women who are really, really solid on the intangible stuff that we talked about earlier in that setting. Um, what would you say to someone who said you have Brooke Wells ranked uh, pretty darn high? Uh, she, to remind people, she was really on the bubble. The, the, the fourth place had 441. The, the fifth place had 442. And the sixth place had 443. It was a really, really close call. Yeah. So uh, another very highly emotional person. I mean, the games wouldn't feel like the games without Brooke Wells there, to be honest. Like she like I mean, I, mean, I know we all want her to go. Yeah. People have been you know, asking about Brooke's placement on these power rankings all season long. And I mean, you have her next to Cara Saunders. Yeah. And also next to Ellie Turner, for those who can't see. Yeah. <laughs> Oh my goodness! No, Brooks guys, Cara is so good. For those of you who are just new to the sport, she's so freaking good. And Angela's wrong. She is a threat. She is a threat to everyone, even Tia. She's more of a threat to Tia than anyone is a threat to Justin. No. Yes. Who? 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 We. I know we've had this before. Who do you think is a greater threat to Justin than Cara? Than Cara is Tia. Tia? Uh, yeah. Valner and Fikowski. All right. Um, okay. Uh, wh- wh- how did you decide with Brooke Wells with 11th? I, you, j- is it just looking at her, her historic record? You think she has the championship mindset? She knows how to, to, to no, climb? Uh, I honestly, like, I'm not, I'm not, a hundred, I'm still not a hundred percent sure how good her elbows feeling, how confident that is and, and what the total number of things that could really drastically be affected by that at the CrossFit games that could inhibit her from doing this well. I don't think that she can do as well as she was going to do last year, which was, I think, uh, anywhere from a third to a sixth place finish is what she would have finished, uh, wound up if she was able to finish the games. And I do think that this is pushing, this 11th place ranking is pushing towards the top end of her potential this year, given the fact that she's coming back from injury, given what we have seen from her so far, and given how good most of the other women on this field have looked. Um, But She's got a, you know, she's got this extra period of time. I think she's in a training environment that's really good in terms of they won't, you know, they're going to set her up as best as possible for success at the games, whatever the limitation is, whether it's 1% or 20%, like they'll have her in a good place for that. She has a great support crew there. And I think that because you talked about how emotional she is, that's really valuable for her. And she's dealt with hard things before and she's young, but she has like the mileage over age type of thing going she is for young she is young well relative to the experience that she has at the games she's young yeah i think this is what her um eighth crossfit games and she's like 26 27 
Okay. You know, so it's, she started doing it young and she's been able to do it consistently throughout her career or to get, develop a lot of experience as she's entering into the prime of her career, the 26 to 28 age range, I think is where peak performance generally can be found. Um, so anyway, you know, there's a potential that this extra time period is really good for her. She'll be max able to maximize her potential relative to whatever the limiting factors are. And I don't think it's out of the realm of possibility, despite the fact that she's probably not going to be, uh, you know, as good as some of these women are relative to their total potential that, that as good as she can be is still good enough for a 10th to 15th place finish. Who, who did Brooke train with before this? Comp train. Do you think? Do you think that um, there is a um, some sort of um, effect that happens when these girls they see that their peers, Brooke, uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, Katrin David's daughter, um, that they're not that they're if one of them struggles and then a second one struggles, that there's sort of this effect where um, they all can. Cons- um, it's it, it's kind of like if you it's kind of like if your neighbor's husband cheats on his wife and then all of a sudden your wife looks at you like hey are you cheating on me like this this sort of effect like where it kind of brings them all down but maybe Brooks insulated by it because she's with Tia. I think Brooke and Tia have a really special relationship. I don't think it's one that you, can, you know. <clears throat> How did that happen so fast? How did they have a special relationship so fast? No, they haven't been together that long. I don't think it's one you can really even explain. I think it's just one of those things that when it clicks, it clicks. And uh, I don't know either of them very well. I don't know the relationship very well, but it, every time I, I guess me and you have a special relationship. <clears throat> hard to happened. explain. Yeah, but it did. I mean, it's it's been, lo- but we've been together longer than um, uh, Tia and. Yep. Brooke. All yeah, right. and it was. Re- it I was didn't mean really to compare a- them to us and 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 and, and yeah, reduce the qual- value to them. value of our relationship. I apologize. <laughs> it's uh, and it you know yeah that's a, fine. It's a good example. Can't explain it. Happened naturally, and it's a good thing I think for both of them. Actually, um, so so I now I'm jumping to the fact. I, I wonder how much Tia is really carrying Brooke. I wonder how important that is. I mean, because Brooks because Brooks' recovering performance is rather remarkable. If you learned one thing about Tia at this semifinals, it was not so much about. Or I should say, if I learned one thing about her, it was not so much about what she can do on the competition floor. I was blown away by how supportive and passionate and it seemed to be genuine that she was for not just Brooke, but all of the proven training crew, Saxon, Will Morad, John Colty, who didn't even have a great semifinals. She was still at the end of his lane, cheering him on, encouraging him, helping him through whatever the the task was. That was impressive to me. Just, and I, my guess is that um, she's picked up some of the value of teamwork through the Olympic bobsled experience that she had where you have to be a part of a team as opposed to being in an individual sport. She did track. She's done CrossFit. She's done a weight, Olympic weightlifting. Now she had an opportunity to work as a part of a small team and probably has adopted some of those principles of teamwork from the women that were leaders for her in that environment. Yeah. She, she, I remember specifically when Saxon crossed the line, she was, I mean, she was, she was as excited as Justin Kotler. And it's not like, don't, Saxon is, I know we talked about him earlier, like Saxon is so good. And if he's actually learning things from her about the small nuances where he's giving away points on competitions, 
by either starting out too hot, not pushing at the right time, letting another competitor influence his game plan, and she can teach him some of these little tricks and efficiencies and whatever. Like that can also translate to the margins that are needed to move up when you're already coming in as last year's fifth-ranked guy. It's crazy. Uh, the really the, the the person who dropped the most points on it, either men or women, unless someone dropped completely off the board, uh, is Sarah Sigmund's daughter. Um, is that because what, what happened there? What what what? I mean, she went from 14th to 26th. I'll probably say that the most difficult part of semifinals for me was hands down watching her do the second attempt at the barbell complex. That was like, I was in pain for her watching that. Um, she, cause what I saw there was someone who wants it so bad and wants her body so badly to be where her desire is to excel in this sport. And her body's not there yet. And she's come back and done these competitions. I think potentially not maybe prematurely to do the competitions or all of the competitions, but maybe she did one too many than she had to. And on those lifting events at Wadapalooza and at Lowlands, I think she was pushing the weights more than her body was ready for, and it set her back. And therefore, she falls on this list. And do you think she'll ever um, uh, come back up? Dude, it's really hard. She loves to compete. Her body needs a break. Like Her body needs a full cycle to recoup and recharge, but she wants to be out on the competition floor so bad. She thrives in that environment. The fans love her. It's a big deal for her to be out there. And it's really, really difficult from a discipline perspective when you love doing that and have been so good in that environment for so long to say, I need 18 months I, and I and it's going to be terrible for me. But if I don't give myself those 18 months and I'm just making that number up, then I'll never be able to get back there. And I have to accept that. And like, she's not, is she young enough to give herself that? Can she, can she look at, look at, uh, look at Annie. Okay, fine. Right. You know, that's all you have to look at to say like, yeah, for sure. And we talked about it earlier, the potential to be really, really good at the CrossFit games as a woman extends much younger and much older. And we also have Kristen Holter from last year who was like 35 and still was, you know, a few points off the podium. When we, when we spoke to Sarah on, on the show, um, she mentioned that she had set a, a a personal record after her surgery. I want to say for a thousand meter sprint or two thousand meter sprint, <clears throat> something crazy. I mean, look, we saw we saw flashes of Sarah that we want to see at Lowlands for sure. She's pretty good uh, on some on some of the workouts. But the two things that were most exposing of the strength limitation coming back from that knee injury ended up you know keeping her out and holding her back. And I th- and I do think that that was. Not the wisest choice of the weight on that barbell complex, and it did a number on her, you know, uh, emotionally, psychologically, and physically that, uh, you know, so, like I said, I think it set her back. Have you ever had hand, foot, and mouth disease? <laughs> what? I just have a question for you. Have you? Have you ever had that? No. Oh, I think I think the last month when I was sick, I think that's what I've had. I don't think it was COVID. Okay. Just letting you know. Okay. Um, uh, who, who, who is uh, Chloe Dawn? I noticed in your comments someone said, oh, Brian, oh. you didn't mention Chloe Dawn. This is, she looks like she's a, uh, it's K-L-O-I-E-D-A-W-N, uh, Mr. Beaver. 
Chloe Wilson. Chloe Wilson. Yeah. I, I, oh, is that when, Chloe actually, Wilson? when I saw this come out today, I thought I had included her on that list and I just, I, went, I sent it to Michael Brink, who does the graphics there. And um, I went back to check because I was like, did he leave her out? And no, I left her out. And I, I didn't mean to. She should have been on that list with the other women in the notable but, last chance qualifiers. Oh, so would you have knocked off? Uh, so who would you have knocked no, off? No, there's a there's a, a last page. It's like a little bit of a summary page. It lists games qualify on my Instagram. It lists the games qualifiers that didn't make the top 30. And then some people like her, like um, – Fisagafi, Luka Jukic, Adrian Munweiler, those types of people that are in last chance qualifiers that are really good, but I didn't put them in the top 30 like I did with others in the last chance qualifier, like Jamie Simmons, Katrin Davis, other Ariel Lowen, et cetera. Look at her. She's at work. Chloe, no, Chloe Wilson is incredible. I would really. No, Chloe re- Dawn. Her name's Chloe Dawn. Okay, Chloe Dawn. I would re- really love to see her at the games. Um, she, you know, her consistency at semifinals was the best the absolute best of anyone who didn't make it to the games this year male or female uh seven through fourth place finishes on every event and didn't get in uh and and what about um i didn't see her on the list and i had her confused with cole grease aber christine colenbrander christine colenbrander grease aber it's very good that you said that he will appreciate that we got to get it right christine colenbrander Although, you know, I've been t- calling him Gray Shaper for like years and years, and then not only now does he want it to be right. He's at that proven training camp too, by the way. Oh, uh, did he, did he, did he qualify? Yeah. Uh, sorry, sorry, not she, sorry. Uh, he did, did not he, she, how, how, how did Christine Colenbrander do? She did great. Um, she, yeah, and she did qualify for the games. Um, I don't see her on your list. She was actually the very last person off or first person off the list. Um, so someone on Instagram put out a comment today about Christine Colenbrander and why she wasn't on the list. And I actually responded to that person and said that I thought it was the best argument. You know, a lot of people had issues with the list for whatever reason, and that's okay. And, uh, but I thought it was the best argument that anyone had put out for any individual athlete that they were supporting. Um, and she basically, this person talked about that last year, if not for Tia being placed in her semifinal, she would have made the games as the fifth best American in that field. And that this year, even though she got in as the fifth spot, which was impressive to beat out area alone for that spot, that if she hadn't, yes, this is the one that if she hadn't screwed up the last legless rope climb, which cost her a ton of points on that workout that she might, might've actually won the semifinals. Like Brian, this person's not saying she screwed it up. They're saying the judge screwed it up. It was clear. Colin Brander pretty oh, no, clearly. No. Come on. T- we know the judges have made perfect calls the entire semifinal. Okay. My bad. Sorry. There have been, look, the judging situation, it's not the topic of the show, but what the person is saying is Christine Colenbrander was good enough to be at the games last year, probably, and she was potentially good enough to win the semifinal this year. And that's and he's, this person's not wrong in either of those regards. Um, I have no competition history on Christine Colenbrander. She doesn't do individual competitions. The only two individual competitions that she's done in live settings are those two, uh, of, any, of any note, at least. And... You know, I talked about it earlier, like with, with some of the guys, mm-hmm. there's a lot to learn at the games. I think that the one thing she does have going for her is she has two years experience there with the team and she was on the demo team last year. Colin Brander is 100% one of those athletes that could surprise at the games. Like, she, you know, let's say that some of these women have to move off the list after they don't make it through the last chance qualifiers. So let's say she ends up somewhere between 25 and 30. 
she could definitely, you know, surprise and finish 13, 14, like an Ariel Lowen did last year. It was a very you know, similar projection versus performance type thing. But it doesn't mean that I'm going to rank her up there because I'm not going to put her ahead of Emma McQuaid and Terry Helge daughter and mm. Jacqueline Dahlstrom that are, you know, in my opinion, just as impressive in the offseason stuff, more experience under the belt in the offseason stuff, more experience under the belt at the games, and are continuing to improve even though they're a little bit uh, later on in their career. They're not – Christine Kohlenbrenner is not that young. She's in the same age bracket of those. So when you're talking about how high you want to put her, it's like we've been saying, you have to look at who's like who are you going to take out. And there are some people you could take out and put her ahead to squeeze her into the bottom five or so of this list right now, I think. But, I, you know, she just missed it by one spot. It does not mean that I'm not thinking about her and aware of her. I couldn't even find her on Instagram. Instagram's not even aware of her. Does the demo team count as games experience? <laughs> um, great poll. Um, can you pull up the women again? Oh, there she is. She just hit a 215-pound snatch the other day. I think it's there on the right, yeah. Brian, who is the man who... Wow, wow. With a big old smile on her face. Who is the man um, who was below Spencer Panchik? Who is 31? <laughs> Will the Super next? Oh, wow. Okay. Uh uh, you Alexis Raspis and Lucy Campbell are new um, to the list. Uh, Emma Lawson at 22. Is Emma Lawson the lowest rank winner? No. Of her semifinal? No. Who's the lowest ranked? <laughs> Michelle Moran. Oh, I don't even see her on there. Yeah. Michelle Moran and Sung Young Choi are semifinal winners and Victoria Campos are semifinal winners that are not on this list. Okay. So those are from South Africa, uh, South Korea and Brazil. Brazil. Okay. So uh, besides those, (laughs) is Emma Lawson the lowest ranked winner? Yeah. And that's, that's because the Atlas games competition was ass relative to the others. Yeah, that's one way to say it. Okay, so would it be fair to say that you're not that you would for Emma to be higher, she would have needed to put it to them more, like won the whole thing. Uh, look, the the women that she beat at that semifinal, none of them made the top thirty on my power rankings. Wow, wow, she's the only one. Wow, and someone and, said and a comment. I want to say one thing about that. Did you hear what he just said? None of those women made it who she beat, mm-hmm. and yet Madeline Sturt is not going to the CrossFit Games, and she's on this list. Also, it's Jamie cr- Simmons, Ariel It's Owen. crazy that Madeline Sturt doesn't go to the games after her performance at Torian Pro. It's crazy. It was like championship no, just, fucking it heart. It was oh, it, nuts. By the way, that's who Jay Crouch is banging. They're together. Seven, it's not crazy. Seven, seven, not seven. 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 Right, seven. That's okay. It happens. It I had happens an itch in my nose. Ones. All right. It's not crazy. It's I don't know how to say this. It's, like, it's just negligence to the distribution of the game spots relative to competition. It's just choosing to ignore that as a mean, as a feasible means to, to try to get the best women at the, and men at the games. And they're choosing something that's completely arbitrary and has nothing to do with competition. Yeah. So this is a good way to understand the power rankings. I think Madeline Sturt may be better than a lot of these girls above her, but her chances of going to the games are, are everyone significantly. Who's, everyone who's in orange will move up if they qualify for the games. But but what I'm saying is is Madeline Sturt 
head to head. You should, well, anyway, okay. Um, it's really, really hard to make it through the last chance qualifier. As you can see, there's five women here, all of whom I think if they made the games would outperform this current rate ranking, but only two of them can make it. And there's a potential that none of them make it. Right. Because the, because, because the um, winner might not even be on your list. Correct. Crazy. I think it is. I think the winner is on the list, but you do. Who do you think? Oh, we'll talk about that next week. Uh, I say Jamie Simmons and Madeline Sturt. Um, I'm going to go through these names really quick, and you just tell me um, if they're getting better or worse, where they are in their career. Want to okay. play that game? Sure. Solvig, Sigurd, Dartor, Tor, 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 Solvig. So she's getting better. Yeah. Ma- uh, and and uh, Madeline Sturt, is she getting better or worse? Oh, yeah. She's getting better. Uh, Alex Gazan, better or worse? Better. Uh, Bailey Rail, better or worse? Better. Uh, Sarah Sigmund's daughter, better or worse? Worse. Matilda Garns. Better. Uh, Emily Rolf. Uh, about the same. I don't know if that's a choice. <sighs> I think this is the la- the last year she's getting better. Danny Danny Spiegel, no comment. Wow, uh, too too politically charged. Mm. I can't tell. She's got better this year. She killed it this year, right? I mean, you maybe thought she was getting worse, and then she she showed up and just kicked ass at the semifinal. For a, right? for a competition that has six events, she's getting better. Okay, uh, Emma Lawson, better, definitely better. Uh, maybe maybe getting better than uh, all the other betters on the list. Well, she's only you know she's that's it. That's the scary thing about uh, you know someone like that is that she's already that good and she's only seventeen. So she's got a, you know potential uh, for a lot a lot of room to grow. What we don't know is if you're so good so young as uh, like a Mal O'Brien is only one year older at eighteen. Um, how much room is there to go up from there? Um, do you think uh, Emma Lawson is better than uh, Mallory O'Brien? No, I right. o- almost did nothing. But 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 how about where if if you brought Mallory O'Brien back a year or or imagine Emma Lawson in a year? Well, I, last year Mallory O'Brien took seventh at the games. I don't think that Emma Lawson's going to crack the top twenty this year at the games. Ariel Lowen. Uh, worse. Uh, Sydney Michalishan. Better. Lucy Campbell. Better. Katrin David's daughter. Worse. Jamie Simmons. She's getting better post her injury, but she's doing worse relative to her top level. 30 Helga daughter. Oh, surprisingly better. Still getting better. Really right. impressed with her. And she's like 32, right? Her and Cara Saunders are the only women that competed at the 2012 games and are also competing in this games. Crazy. Most senior, and she's still only 29. Wow. Crazy. Uh, she her, her head looked good, too. Like She looked like she was in a good headspace. I, every time I saw the camera on her, she's smiling. She's pumped. I was, it, was a, it wasn't really enjoyable to watch Turi at Strength and Depth. Uh, Alexis Raptus. Better. Definitely. Wait, she, she is on the ascension. I have her and Fisigafi all scrambled up in my head. What? Jacqueline, I know. I'm just telling you what's going on. Uh, Jacqueline Dahlstrom. Better 
and that you know Jacqueline's also not uh, necessarily um, she's she's 29 and she's kind of coming into her own now you know so she's it's like a it's a kind of cool I think that someone who's 28 29 can be getting to their peak potential at the same time that someone who's 17 and 18 can be having a lot of relevance in the field Emma McQuaid better still getting better Ellie Turner better Brooke Wells same same boat as Jamie Simmons you know she's obviously improving relative to injury she's nowhere near I don't think where she was uh 12 months ago do you think she's where she was 24 months ago I mean sorry sorry possibly do you think no do you think 24 months ago she was better than she was 12 months ago no I think from from every single perspective except for the weak elbow, she was at the best she's ever been last year at the games. I just put a user in timeout. <laughs> okay. I've never done that before. Uh, Hopefully it was Scott Polensky. Not Scott Polensky. Oh, okay. uh, they, they had, I would have let them stay. If, if you have a fake name and you're going to talk shit, then you got to go. If you got a real name and you want to just unload on me, I'm ready. I'll grab my ankles. You can give it to me all day. Uh, uh, Car Saunders. <sighs> Probably the hardest one you've asked me yet. Harder than Miss Spiegel? Yeah, because I haven't got a chance to see Cara in three years. Right. Like I haven't. I go want, to a YouTube station. Go to a YouTube station. No, no, no. I mean, at the games, when it matters, I want us. I want us to be able to say that she still has the top five fight in her, the podium fight in her, and that I, I think she does. But when you're three years removed from the last time you saw it, it's hard to get behind it. I'm hoping that she has that. If she's, if you're right, and she's the, a big threat to Tia, that increases the drama on the women's side a lot. Because right now, I, I really feel like there's Laura, then there's Mal. And then there's Gabby and Haley, and there's like these little tiers of women. And if Kara inserts herself in there, it's going to increase the the drama around. You know, I just no one's beating Tia absent injury, but it's going to increase increase the drama for the podium if she's that version of Kara. Man, if something did happen to Tia like that, that would be a bittersweet victory for anyone. No, I, you know, it's, this is kind of what I was saying about Colton Mertens. You cannot control what happens to the other athletes. And you could talk like there, you know, we already mentioned there's 10 women that aren't in this field last year. There were 10 women or eight women of similar caliber that weren't in the field last year. That's not Gabby McGowan's fault. That's not Mallory O'Brien's fault. So you can say like, ah, Mal finished seventh as a rookie. But if you had Sarah, if you had Jamie, if you had Bethany, if you had Carrie, if you had Kara, she might probably have 12th or 13th, maybe. But who cares? It's how sports go. You can only compete against the people that show up. And if someone has to withdraw, they have to withdraw. And you move up one spot. And that's that's it. Very well said. I agree. Thank you for clearing that up. Christy Aramo O'Connell. Ah, <laughs> I think she's – I think she's on – ah, man. These are tough. This is a tough game. I don't like this game anymore. It's, it's called making friends or losing friends. <laughs> these are the like these are there's this group of women and it's kind of interesting because i feel that emma mcquade who's you know very similar age to um christy aramo kind of a similar athlete in some in some the way that they distribute results on the leaderboard uh is moving up and i feel like christy might be moving down but christy's moving down from a much more impressive career 
So right. it's like she still might be better than Emma, even though she's getting worse and Emma's getting better because she's where they're starting at. I, you, you know, when I see, I don't even know who Karen Freyova is. What? I, yeah, I know. It's crazy. Most egregious thing you've said on the show so far. Well, there's two people in this top 15. I don't even know who they are, really. Alexis Raptus. Did she did she come from a team? Was she like on Rich's team or something? And then and then Karen Freyova. Those I'm like two, 99% sure we had Alexis Raptus on the show. No shit. I need to see a picture of her. That's what I mean. I have her all. I have her all messed messed up with Fisi Gaffi. Caleb, I, Alexis Raptus put some good pictures up from her training video. To, uh, I think her training session today or yesterday. Um, I, I, must fo- I must follow. I must follow her. I, oh, I, yeah, I must follow her. There's one where she's lifting. That's easier to see. If she has this one. No, we have not had her on the show. Yes, we have. Oh shit! Are you serious? I don't Dead recognize ass, her. Her boyfriend's a Star Wars nerd. Am I looking at the right? Election shit on Raptors? Star Wars. Okay, I'm going to go back and watch that. She's 23. She just finished college or something. She's got so she, she's. I think that she's a very similar athlete to Dallin Pepper from last year to this year. Couple a couple things didn't go her way at the West Coast Classic. Didn't make the games. Didn't make the last chance qualifier but could have been at the games and could have had some impact there. And it's okay. I think for her that she didn't make it last year, I think that it's probably going to work out better in the long run. Um, but she was really, really, she was really impressive at, uh, at semifinals and she has a unique combination of skills that generally translates to really good at the games relative to some other people, uh, other combinations of skills. I guess I'll say. Uh, who, who are you talking about? What? I said, who are you talking about? Who are you comparing her to? Just the, the things that she's really good at is, um, I know I, I feel is, horrible is for not remembering of, her. It's I a combination horrible. of j- gymnastics and barbell cycling. Caleb, bring that video up of where I interviewed her. Bring that show up. I don't believe I interviewed her. Go fuck you. You're lying. How's that guys standing my ground? A combination of what? Gymnastics and what? Barbell? And barbell cycling. And she's fairly competent on the machines. So she'll, there will be some stuff that is, uh, you know, middle to middle 20 finishes at the games, but that's okay. Maybe she'll have a workout in the 30s. That's okay. She'll have a big slew of workouts where she's able to punch in fifth through 20th place performances. And if you can do that consistently, um, it goes a long way. And there's other athletes that'll have big hits and then take consistently worse finishes on those combinations of workouts, which is like two thirds of the workouts. Uh, Can you play a little bit of this? Holy shit. What happened to my beard? This is fucking 400 shows ago. I want to hear it. Let's hear it. Um, I had surgery on both my elbows, one of them twice actually. And it was like, Year process of trying to come back from a gymnastics accident from an injury in gymnastics. No, it wasn't an injury, or it wasn't like okay, fine. That that, that looks happening. real to me. All right, Alexis, I love you. You're you're amazing. What a great interview that was. That was awesome. Uh um, and and how about Freyova? How about Freyova? Can you show me her? Oh, Sevan, you know how many times we've talked about her on here? No, but it happens. 
I wonder what happened to Angelo. Angelo has his fire suit on right now. Let me tell you about Karen Freyovo, okay? Because okay. there's possible that there's people that haven't been on when we've done this, or there's people that are always high like you and never remember what we talk about. After. I've never, I haven't been high in 30 years. Careful. Oh, high on the conversation, so you forget what we're talking about. Yes, yes. Holy cow. <laughs> Karen Freyova, uh, she hasn't had a chance to show what she can do at the games yet. When she's the, the closest that she was was in 2019 to really having the potential to break through and show people. And she and she got cut right before the final 10, along with big some other really big names. And uh, in 2020, she competed online, didn't do well enough to make it. And last year, she finished sixth place at one of the online European semifinals. The six women, the five women that beat her, all placed in the top thirteen at the games. Karen is better at the game. She will be better at the games than she is at semifinals. Wow. Why do and why do you say that? I know that I that the whole show I've been talking about people who don't have games experience that need to learn how to do that. Right. <clears throat> what I saw from her in Dubai the last time that she competed there against killers at the games is what I need to see from someone to say that they can do well at the games. And Lazar Jukic has done that in Dubai and transferred it over to the games. And it's the only competition outside of the games that I think you can actually garner that information from. She's been studying pretty intensely for the last couple of years. She said that this year after she finished, I, she doesn't speak English very well. I don't think she knows who I am. I'm a huge fan of hers. And I had a chance to talk to her after Lowlands this year and I asked her, you know, you looked so good this year. I, was it just because it was in person? Was something changed for you this year? She goes, I feel amazing. I have finished my studies last year. I've been able to focus. Not, it's not the training so much, just on taking care of myself between training sessions, the recovery, the lifestyle things. And she thinks that she's as, you know, well-prepared in that regard as she's ever been. And she's now going to the games. I think that if she made the games last year, despite studying, that she still would have made the top 10. And I think she'll make the top 10 this year. Bam. All right. Uh, no, I don't think I had COVID. I think I had hand, foot, and mouth. I'm, I'm re-diagnosing myself with hand, foot, and mouth disease. <laughs> oh, it's another epic day at the Beach 2 podcast. Tomorrow morning, we have Hunter McIntyre on. It is going to be a fucking party. 7 a.m. live calling show. Last time you guys were great. Gazillion, you called in. I have tons of fun Instagram clips to show you. Um, and then we have, I don't know who we have next after that. Let me see. It, it, it's its a crazy week. It's a crazy. Oh, go back and watch the interview I did this morning with um, uh, the Khaleesi home. Go to the home. Where, oh, thank you. So we have Hunter. Then we have Alex Gazan, who we didn't talk about. We have Dale Saran, uh, Saran the former um, general counsel for CrossFit Inc. That is going to be fucking awesome. Uh, Dale was also the lead counsel in the lawsuit of uh, uh, a class action shoot, suit of um, soldiers who sued the United States government for the anthrax vaccine experiment. And he's also running a, another class action, action suit with more than 500 clients uh, in regards to the COVID vaccine. Uh, then it looks like there's some crazy homeless man who's going to be on the show. Oh, no, that's me. Uh, then we have Coach Grandy. If you are a father, this is the father and coach of two of the greatest uh, young 
twin athletes alive in the world today. Then we have Jaguar Hart. Then we have Brittany Schmidt. And then we have Jeremy Kinnick, a former CrossFit Games athlete, who is now uh, the world's greatest dad. And we have him coming on the show. Killer Brian, lineup. What? Killer lineup. Yeah, I'm pumped. Um, all right. Uh, Are those the only shirts in your rotation these days? Just the black one, red one, white one, re- repeat? Uh, no, the white one doesn't get pulled. I think the Pride Month is over, so I'll probably store this until next June. This oh, is just big, a, a one-off. Oh, okay, okay. This is just a one-off. We tried to sell them, no one bought them. I, told, I, we, I was wanting to sell them for like $300 a piece because these are hard to make because of the colors, I guess. Should I say something that's harsh but true? Sure, that, please. So normally, you're, nor, nor, more, normally more of a thing you would do. Is it about Alex Gazan? No. Oh, it's about the masters community. Oh, relative to the uh, what you just said about the please pride community. Please, you know the pride community is very vocal, and they didn't buy the shirts. That's what you. That's what I've heard you say basically. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is for this is for the real pride community. This is for people who like really support pride, not people who push it on kids. But it's different different story. Masters and there's not a lot of them. No, no, there is a lot of them. I'm just joking. Go ahead. The the Masters athletes are incredibly important part part of the community, and they are uh, very vocal in a lot of regards. And oftentimes, we have com- I have conversations with people about putting out content surrounding the Masters community, and it just doesn't do as well on the numbers side of things. And we know that there's more than fifty percent of people who sign up for the Open that are in the master's categories and there's a vocal part of the master's community that wants content coverage on them. But when uh, it's doing very, very little in terms of attention relative to the individuals or the teams or the other stuff that we're often putting out there, it's hard for us to justify doing it. Uh, l- let me push back on that a little bit. I don't know when it was, but there was some master's like event. It, w- it was not, I don't think it was sanctioned by CrossFit and Tommy and Sean covered it on talking late fitness. And the viewership was f- nuts. It drove me bonkers to see the viewership. It was like normally they had like a thousand or two hundred people watch a show. This was like thirty thousand. Do you know what I'm referencing? Yeah, I think I, I, I think I know what you're. I can't remember the name of the competition specifically. If it was like, like six months ago Masters or Fitness Collective or the Legends Masters thing, there's a couple different ones. I, I yeah, I apologize. I don't know which one they covered, but um, that's great to hear. Uh, you know, I I want to do. A show leading up to the games about every kind of group of people. I want to do the master a master show. I want to do a, a teenage show. Maybe do teens and adaptive because there's only like five total divisions between the two of them. I want to do obviously men, women, and teams. And so maybe we'll see. We'll see if uh, if we do a master specific episode. If people want to follow along. Um. Uh. So, so um. Some of Hiller's videos, I have trouble a little trouble following. Maybe it's because I can't believe some of the claims, but are there master, are there adaptive athletes that are competing in the wrong adaptive division in order to try to win? Um, I, like a I, dude without, like a dude with both arms is actually competing in an event where you're only supposed to have one arm. I don't know, but I do know some masters, some adaptive athletes who've been frustrated with either the ability or the inability to cl- to qualify for certain categorizations within that. And this is, you know, I, I think this is a larger issue. I, and I think that what really needs to happen if we want to uh, fix this is and fix a lot of things is that there needs to be a separate group of people that are specifically running the adaptive division. 
There's a lot of nuances there. There's a lot of attention to detail. And if it's the same people that are responsible for running that as are responsible for the teenagers, responsible for the age groups, responsible for the teams, responsible for the individuals, responsible for the open quarterfinals, semifinals, and games, finals, finals, CrossFit games, all the same people, that's a lot. Divide those things up Let and, and let Kevin Ogar be the guy for the adapted vision. And he'll hey, bring in the people that need to make those decisions. Hey, they should do that just to like shirk the shirk the uh, responsibility and the blame. It sounds crazy. I don't no, know how. I don't know it. how. I don't know how you would do. I don't know how you do it because there's any billion uh, combinations of parts you could have missing. I've said this before. The timing of getting rid of Dave set the games the remaining games team up for a really challenging season because the leader was removed and everyone right. even whatever they think about the leader they know this guy knows how to get it done right and he delegates and i get this done and we delegate and we get that done the chain of right. command was broken and there's a big task at hand it's a really big task to manage all parts of all of those seasons i think that the mistake they made was not trying to simplify as much as possible so that they could avoid as many problems as possible, have a smooth run this year, even if it wasn't the best expression of Adrian Bosman's programming, even if it wasn't the best expression of a of a quarterfinal, just don't have the big mistakes. And uh, th- and that's not what they did. You know, they went together. They tried to take on everything. They tried. It seems like they tried to do everything, and the expense was that nothing was done great, and everything was everything is less than it could have been. And I think that one potential solution to that is to divide and conquer and give someone the team division. And give someone the age groups and give someone the adaptive and let those guys focus on the individuals and have a perfect run next year of the individual season, which does get the most attention and does draw the most everything. Um, and then every division, I think, will be more satisfied with execution of the season from start to finish. I agree with you 100%. Uh, I, I didn't know that Hiller passed me. I knew that um, a couple of days ago we were talking on the phone and he said he was going to pass. Me. I, I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree. I couldn't agree with you more. I couldn't agree with you more. Get rid of the CEO, get rid of the guy who runs the games. Get I mean, it, it's a, this isn't that show, Brian, but I agree with you. I agree. Well, for anyone who stuck around, they got a little bonus. Yeah. Um, Please run over and subscribe to Andrew Hiller. Um, it, it, now it's a race to see how quickly he can double the number of subscribers I have. Um, love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Uh, big show tonight. We'll see you guys tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. Bye-bye.